Hey everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry Radio, and my name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 150 of Canary Cry Radio. That's right, number 150, folks. And, you know, if you're a true Canarian, if you've been following everything we've been doing during the uh, the pandemic, we have been live streaming on most weeks, three days a week. It's been incredible. It's been an incredible experience. We've get, been getting a ton of episodes out. Unfortunately, not a whole ton of episodes of Canary Cry Radio. But here's the thing, folks. If you are wondering where we are, we are recording tons of material and putting it all out over on Canary Cry News Talk. Now, many of you have not checked out Canary Cry News Talk yet, but let me tell you, during this time of uh, live streaming during the pandemic, um, we've really been having a lot of fun with it and making the episodes much longer as well. So you're going to want to check out Canary Cry News Talk. You can find it on uh, any podcast catcher that you use or you know we're all over the place we're on youtube at the canary cry radio youtube channel the face like the sun youtube channel facebook all over the place just search canary cry news talk and uh, check out some of the stuff we've been doing but also we've uh, had the opportunity to do some live stream interviews which we'll be putting out here on the canary cry radio feed so we hope you enjoy if you tuned into the live session this is a great uh, opportunity to listen to the episode again just with uh, better sound quality which is also nice we all love that don't we guns yeah and i take exception to you calling it a pandemic i prefer scamdemic Oh, nice one. Especially since uh, (laughs) as we record this introduction for episode 150, we experienced some censorship, uh, not just on the Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, but the Canary Cry Radio YouTube channel as well. And uh, one of the live streams, we got kicked off. I mean, it's been kind of a crazy situation. So if your experience of Canary Cry Radio is only through this podcast feed, think outside the cage a little bit. Go look for the Canary Cry News Talk feed and go look for us. Uh, on YouTube and Facebook and and even Twitter, uh, but also I was gonna say yeah, if you want to catch it live, the best place to do it is on Twitch.tv/CanaryCryRadio and a little platform called DLive. It's DLive.tv/CanaryCryRadio. That's spelled D with like the letter D and then the word live, all one word. DLive.tv/CanaryCryRadio, where we've been going live. All sorts of stuff. It's been really fun. Something that we've wanted to do for literally years. And all it took was a worldwide uh, scandemic, pandemic, <laughs> shutdown, pandemic, <laughs> shutdown, whatever you want to call it. Uh, all sorts of different thoughts about that. Um, and if you want to know what we think about that, you can catch it on Canary Cry News Talk. So here we go. We're going to go into this was our very first live interview, and it was with Josh Peck. You know him. You love him. It was a very interesting conversation and as you uh as you notice when we start uh, the episode um things get pretty political very interesting uh, very interesting situation and we talk about that um so you know uh, there, it's an interesting experience guns because while we're doing these recordings 
we have, you know, a running chat feed of hundreds or thousands of people all chatting at once. So uh, it's very interesting to see how the chat goes and how people respond live to an interview. Um, but there you go. We'll check it out. And as you'll hear, uh, as many of you already know, Josh Peck, um, you know, uh, Josh Peck's son having some uh, very serious health problems that uh, we are keeping the whole family in prayer for. But you will also learn how to support Josh Peck's family as they try to, uh, you know, as they continue to deal with the the mounting health care costs of what's going on with their uh, beloved son. And so we wish all the best uh, and prayers and, and everything to Josh and his family. And we uh, we emphasize that, you know, if during this time, if you got a few bucks that you can help a young child get through a very serious illness, um, the links are shared in the episode and they'll be in the show notes. So make sure to do that. Anything else, Gons, before we jump on in? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, do support us on patreon.com slash CCNT, where we do have over 100 extended reports. Uh, I, th- I think the total number of things we've published is quickly reaching 500 in terms of individual episodes that we've published. And, Tons uh, of stuff. And we're definitely over 3 million downloads total of all of our things. Oh, yeah. So... You know, we're we're just keeping it up, and I, I feel bad that we haven't been keeping this feed more up to date. But here we are. Here we are. We're doing it now. So enjoy this conversation with Josh Peck, and uh, we will see you guys on the other side. You are listening and watching Canary Cry Radio. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name's Basil, and this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 150 of Canary Cry Radio, and we have with us our guest that keeps coming back on the show. He was on episode 52, 76, 87, 100, 127, 142, he's back for 150. Josh Peck, what's up, buddy? Hey man, good to, good to see you guys. Glad to be here for episode 150. Yeah, that that's right. I was your hundredth episode. That's right. You were you were in the 100 club, which means you're a VIP here. Josh, you know, this is fun. We're doing a live stream and uh, I have not seen your beautiful face for so long. Your hair is getting <laughs> long, brother. Yeah, you're like one of them long hairs. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they call? Them? Wonder why they call him that. That what, what what an odd name for people with long hair. <laughs> it's, it's very cryptic. Very cryptic title. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is fun, dude. You, we're doing the oopsies. Uh oh, I'm in virtual reality space. There we go. And uh, I don't know. Have you seen me a uh, virtual reality podcast before? Because it is the most inconvenient way to do it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was, uh, you know, talking to you before the show about trying, you know, maybe thinking about getting something set up like this for Daily Renegade. But this whole process has uh, has has kind of told me maybe maybe we'll not do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun experience, and you know now. Uh, now that we're all locked inside of our houses, we're here for some COVID-19 coronavirus uh, analysis. And Josh, we're so happy to have you on the show. Not only are you, you know, one of our most fun guests 
to have because we have such a deep and abiding friendship. Um, but you know, you seem to be, and we will verify this today on this episode, but you seem to be following very closely the ins and the outs of this current coronavirus. Uh, I'll just call it a situation. <laughs> it's a good word for it. Yeah, it's, it's almost impossible not to. I mean, uh, it's, all, it's all over the place. Everybody's talking about it. But the, you know, for me, the most important thing is learning what people's biases are around it, because mm. you, you, you listen to one person. And you're going to get it from one angle. And most people, they're not honest about their 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 bias. So like me, right. I'm totally biased. I am absolutely biased. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. Uh, and so when 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 people watch Daily Renegade or watch Pack Report or something like that, anything from me, they're going to get uh, they're going to get that filter. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell them, I'll tell my audience, that's what, that's what my filter is. And I know you guys do that too. You're both Christians. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I try to watch a, a variety of, of, uh, different, you know, uh, you know, ma- mainstream and independent sources, uh, around this whole thing. So there's a lot of different angles to look at it. And even in our own kind of, you know, fringe Christian circle, Man, you get everything from one extreme of, oh, it's no big deal, it's nothing to worry about, to the other extreme of, uh, yeah, this is the apocalypse, and this is like one of the trumpets or something. You get, you get these two extremes, and uh, I, I think somewhere in the middle, so, so somewhere in that gray area is where the truth about this whole thing really is. It's so true. You, you bring up a great point because, you know, usually when something is going on in the world, uh, and again, I'll just kind of speak from our, our, our little genre, our little niche, you know, there's a pretty well accepted um, analysis of what's going on. But when it comes to this current, you know, medical crisis that we're all experiencing, the amount of uh, theories and conspiracy theories, the amount of conflicting scientific messages coming from those channels, you know, uh, and I mean channels like, uh, you know, the, the not YouTube channels, but just the, the sources of information. Information is the hardest thing to pin down right now. Oh yeah, everything has become politicized, and that's that's the that's the biggest problem with it is everybody has a slant, everybody has something that they're trying to achieve in their messaging. So everything has become politi- politicized. It's either it's either you know the orange man bad stuff, which that, that's like ninety five percent of it, and then within right. within the five percent that's a little bit more fair. You either get the the diehards, uh, which y- you can't really trust them either because no matter what Trump does, they're gonna they're gonna absolutely love it and make excuses for for everything. But you know the truth is he's a human being. He's a man. He's he's not he's not perfect. Um, but you know so so and and then all of it is shrouded in opinion first and truth you know right. or objective truth second. So it it, right. it can be really difficult to to weed through. So there's you know there's there's probably about a dozen different sources that I, I look through and just, I, I kind of look at them now as pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. You just got to kind of put them together, see what fits, see what doesn't. Uh, and yeah, a lot, a lot of it, most of it is just opinion based stuff, which isn't, 
you know, I mean, it, it's helpful on one on one hand, so you know where somebody's coming from, especially in in these times where we're all quarantined and we can't leave the house. It's good to have a, a human connection, so sometimes opinionated stuff can be really helpful. But for people that just want the information and want to know what's going on, what they need to do about it, if anything, that is incre- just that objective stuff is incredibly hard to track down. So I've been spending right. the past you know, ever since this happened, I've been spending, uh, that, that time really trying to find out what, what can we know? There's not a lot we do know. So what can we know? And then what steps, uh, should we, should we take with, with that information? And a lot of that depends what kind of person you are, what kind of family you have, where you live, uh, and what, what you're willing to do and not willing to do. Right. You know, just for some timing, so everybody knows, uh, you know, if you're listening to this later, we are recording this, I believe, the day after um, the coronavirus, you know, stimulus uh, package vote Two trillion. Um, just passed. Yes. So trillions of dollars. And, uh, you know, I personally have not gotten a chance to go through the whole thing and fully understand it. Of course, there's a lot of information coming out from different sources about all sorts of nasty stuff that was snuck in. Um, and of course, printing money, uh, without, you know, with, with, (laughs) with abandon, I guess is uh, worrying some people, but have you had a chance to really dive into the the bill and figure out what this is going to look like for us? Yeah, I mean, the the basics of it is, and, and again, it's so opinionated. So depending on who you talk to, it's either great or it's terrible. And you get you get it from both you get it from both sides, um, even even on the on the right. Uh, you, you get some people who say this is great, some people who say it's terrible, and then pretty much everybody on the left th- thinks that it's terrible. So yeah, what happened with this whole thing? <laughs> this this should have been approved. Like, I'm, I'm not. Well, there's a couple things to go over first. Like, I'm not a government bailout guy, but that's not not what this is. So there's a lot of people who at first uh, on the right were concerned about something like this because it, it, it just, it feels like one of the government bailouts that we tend to hate, you know, as conservatives, like, like right. what, what Obama did with the banks and stuff like that. Th- this is not that though. This is completely different. So this is the government actually telling businesses and individuals, you can't work. And then, you know, you can't go to work, you can't open your business. And then this is the government giving some supplemental, uh, income to people to try to keep the economy going. So it's not a bailout. These aren't businesses that failed on their own merits because they're just terrible businesses and the government swoops in and, and bails them out. Uh, so that that's, that's the first point. The second point is this should have been passed like – like days ago. I mean, really, this should have been passed a long time ago. I mean, even even sooner than days ago, because pe- people really needed this like yesterday. People needed this last week. April 1st is coming up. That's when rent is due for most people. And uh, that that's going to be that's going to be harsh. I, I, I have I, I have a lot of doubts that um, people are going to get their checks in time because of how much this has been held up. So at first, the Republicans had a, a it's a de- it was a decent bill. I mean, no, 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 no proposal like this is going to be perfect. You know, there's always going to be issues. So, you know, th- but time is a factor. So they, they couldn't really, 
a lot of this is, is, is how do you know who to send what? So the original plan was basically, well, let's just give everybody everything because they need it now and we'll sort through it later. You know, then, then stuff came up. Well, you know, millionaires probably don't need it. You know, maybe, maybe we'll exclude them. And, but every time you exclude people or do, do things like that, it, it just takes time into, into figuring out who gets it and who doesn't. So they came up with this complicated process. It's based on like your, your 2018 tax records and right. um, so for for most people if you I think it's if you make um, I don't have the information pulled up in front of me but uh, it, it's something like if you made under seventy thousand or or it might be ninety thousand I think it's seventy though if you made under seventy thousand in twenty eighteen then you're going to be getting uh, I believe it's twelve hundred dollars per individual twenty four hundred per married couple and then five hundred. Uh, dollars for each kid you have up to three or four kids and there's there's good it's better than nothing you know it's better than nothing but the 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 problem is that's going to be great for some people because they really need it but there's other people who live in like new york city 1200 isn't going to make a dent or people who live in california that's not going to make a dent for their rent i mean i I don't even know if you can get a one-bedroom apartment for for that in california but but again it's it's more about well how would they have improved you know besides just giving everybody more money because there's there's an issue here too if you, if they send out too much money uh, that could really you know it, it might it might kind of get us through in the short term but it could really tank us later i mean that that cuz it gets to the point where you're, you're basically devaluing your own currency if you if you're uh, having to you know get to the point where you're just printing money like venezuela did i don't think that it would get that bad for us, but it, it, it could if this if this was handled differently. So they, they originally they originally had something like that. But then the Democrats. <laughs> then the Democrats. Oh boy. Yeah, then and specifically uh Pelosi and Schumer got involved. Um and they said no, you know, they, they shot it down. No, we don't like this, don't like anything about it. We're gonna write our own thing. They wrote, they wrote like a, a, a what is it, a thousand four hundred page, like fourteen hundred page page proposal. Uh, and it had it had all of this leftist Green New Deal uh funding in it. Like uh, they, they wanted to reduce plane emissions and just all this stuff that had nothing to do with coronavirus. It, it was it was basically like it, it was just a leftist uh, wish list is all, all, all it was. And they had to have right. known that wasn't going to pass. Like they had to have known they're just wasting time. But I think what they what they proved in that whole fiasco, they, they proved uh, we already knew this, but they proved to a lot of centrists, you know, independents and even even a lot of Democrats that uh, the, the establishment Democrats like Schumer and, and Pelosi and others, they care more about their own success or, or their own goals than they do the American people, obviously, because if they really cared about the, the American people, they would have just said, all right, let's pass this. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the, for the American people. They need the money. Let's uh, let, let's, let's, let's do this now. And then next month or in a couple months, you know, maybe we will have more time to negotiate something else because this, this might not be the only stimulus package that gets sent out. You know, we'll probably need another one if, if things keep going the way that it's going. Um, So they shot it down. They wrote their own thing, which obviously was, was garbage that got, that got shut down because I, it, and it would have been impossible to implement. I mean, there was so much in there. It would have been impossible to implement all that. Um, so the Democrats did that to hold up the process, knowing that it was going to get shot down because they were trying, they're, they're more interested in smearing Trump than they are actually making sure uh, their constituents are okay. You know, that they're, that, sure. that, that, so, so it, uh, the smear didn't work. All it did, like, 
mostly everything they do. It backfired. It made it made the Democrats look like children, and that that's that that's kind of been the case, especially this past year. Um, so then the Republicans um, caved on a couple of minor things, but you know the, the, the another part of this too is the Republicans they they gave up their vacation time, and the Democrats didn't. They 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 gave up their vacation time for this to to get this going. And you um, you're talking about the Senate going on recess. Right. Right. And then yeah. they're, they're, the other part of it, too, is uh, they would be in negotiations, you know, behind closed doors. They would be in negotiations. The Democrats would agree to something and then the Republicans would go public. There would be a vote and then the Democrats would would uh, would just not vote in favor uh, of this stuff. So they were playing all these just ridiculous, childish games while people are literally dying, like people are literally dying. Uh, and and who knows? I mean, getting a check like even a day earlier could save a lot. Life, depending on the situation, you know, the family, what's what's going on. Um, so finally, there, there were a couple of things in this new one that finally got passed. Like I think the, the, the Kennedy Center or something like that or some opera house or something is getting some funding. And yeah. there's there's a couple of dumb things like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There's all sorts of stuff that made it in there. That's just wild. Thirty five million for an opera house in D.C. You know, there's uh, it's just the, the craziness of some of the amounts of money going to non-essential businesses. I mean, yeah. we have all these essential businesses hurting so much. Essential employees like you, Josh Peck, are uh, our resident essential employee of this episode. So we appreciate your sacrifice here, um, putting oh, yeah, yourself in harm's way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that really was a wild thing. Uh, uh, you know, apparently this will be quite the political episode, and that's that's wonderful. We're happy to have you here. But it's uh, you know, it is pretty wacky how this all went down, and the things that are included, including I believe, wasn't there a raise for uh, Senate members? Just like yeah. kind of snuck in there, twenty-five million bucks for a raise for the Senate members. Yeah. And they, and, and, you know, I, that one, I got to look into more because one side of it, and I don't know where this information is coming from, if it's from the right or the left, but what one, uh, one, I don't know, interpretation of it, there's somebody saying basically that it has to do more with like teleconferencing. So the, so they can work from home and funding, mm -hmm. funding that, you know, I don't know if that's true. I got to look more into it. And I, I just, I, I literally just heard about that before coming, uh, uh, on the show today. So I haven't had time to get, get too much into that but yeah there there's there's apparently some raises for uh set. but you know what what's funny about this is is that the republicans <clears throat> were actually they were willing to cave on some things that you know they hate i mean they hate this leftist stuff but just to get the american people some money they were willing to cave on it i have never you haven't seen an ounce of that from the democrat side i don't know why anybody in the right mind would vote democrat ever again uh that that to me blows my mind because they clearly don't care uh you know about 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 people about citizens. Um, so the Republicans were willing to know, knowing that, knowing that this had to get out yesterday, knowing that they were, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're basically dealing with children here. So they have to give some stuff up, but you know, even Ted Cruz, uh, said that there's stuff he wants. He wants to abolish the IRS, but you didn't see that in, in, uh, his proposal in, in their proposal from mm. the Republican side. So, and the other part of this too, is there's a lot of people on the left saying, well, the, all, all they, all the Republicans care about are just bailing out these, these, uh, companies and corporations because, you know, corporations are getting like half of the money or something like that. But the thing is, 
corporations are made of people. They employ people. So really, if you think about it, uh, the, the corporations are only getting a third and then individuals are getting two thirds because individuals, they're getting a check, but then their company is also getting getting a check as well. So individuals are helped out twice. They can still have a job, you know, you know, as long sure. as the company doesn't go under, but they can still have a job to go to. They can still make money uh, at their job if, if they can get the money out soon enough. But then they also get uh, they also get some money just for them themselves. So really, yeah. individuals are helped twice. But you you have you can't just help the individuals. You got to help the corporations too. You got to help companies survive. If you're going to tell if if the government's going to tell companies that they can't open, then I think it is the re- the responsibility of the government to provide some yeah. funds for that in order so so they can so they can continue. So I don't see I don't see an issue with that. But you know you know how Democrats are. I mean if it's if it's a co- if it's a corporation, it's automatically bad. Don't don't never mind the fact that you know they employ people. Uh, don't, don't worry about that it's it's the corporation entity itself is just automatically wrong and evil and horrible in every way so you can see if if we had a democrat president right now uh in power you you can see how this would have been handled i mean it, it would have been just atrocious aoc went out uh recently i think today uh actually she was blasting this proposal because <clears throat> Because it doesn't basically it doesn't involve illegal immigrants. It doesn't give any money to illegal immigrants. Now she she said she she knew she couldn't word it like that. So she said it's it's uh you know it excludes people with an ITIN number or something like that, which is like a tax right. thing that illegal immigrants it's use. The tax number, yeah. Yeah, but, now, but, but, but yeah. She, so if if she was in control or if any of these establishment, especially the 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 really far left Democrats, were in control, I mean, nobody would get anything. You you might get like five bucks because they're spreading it around so thinly to all the all the illegal immigrants. They're, they they wouldn't be giving corporations anything. It, it would just be a big disaster. It would be a, a mess, and they would be constantly debating it back and forth. And really, ultimately, what it would come down to is what's going to get them more power. What's going to get uh, them more influence? What's going to get them reelected? And what's going to smear the other side? That's the only thing the other side cares about. Sure. Now, Josh, I do have to bring it up, buddy, because uh, I see it popping up in the in the uh, the chat here while we're live streaming things like that. I mean, the the uh, you're coming out with quite the left right paradigm there. Has has yeah. has something uh, has something got you on that train a little bit more? I mean, I I know you you're obviously a Christian conservative. I think most of us here would c- consider ourselves. Uh, m- mostly conservative in most uh, areas of politics, but uh, it, it, you seem pretty fired up about the the left right paradigm here. Well, that's just what it is. I mean, that that's just you know, pe- and there are people that that kind of try to deny that and say that you know the country isn't split like that, but it it just is. I mean, there there are people that literally won't talk to you if you're a Trump supporter or if you're a Republican. But and right. to be to be fair, there's a little bit of this from the other side, but I don't think there's as much. I think people on the right kind of want to debate, and people on the left tend not to. Uh, now, when I when I say left and right, there's obviously a gray area in there. You know, there's 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 a, a, a central kind of independent, um, and that one, you know, with with that. I don't know, demographic, whatever you want to call it. You, you, you kind of got to take it on a case by case basis. But for me personally, it, it, 
believe it or not, it would be pretty simple to make me a Democrat. (laughs) I'm I'm kind of a a, a one-issue voter. There's only one issue that I think far outweighs every other issue. And if Republicans started um, uh, taking the other side on this issue and Democrats – uh, took it up. I, I, w- I would be a Democrat and I would I would support well, I wouldn't actively support the, the high taxes and stuff like that, but I would take it. Um, that's the pro-life one. Uh, so with pro-life, I, I cannot think of anything more important. I don't care about what in, in, in relation to uh, the, the pro-life stuff. I don't care about tax hikes and 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 budget stuff and you know whatever else. Uh, I'm 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 about as far from a Democrat as you can get. But uh, that that's the one issue. And and right now it just it happens to be it's the Republican Party that is pro life. They could definitely be doing a lot better. And this this is why I say like the 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 the, the Trump worshippers. You, you know I'm not I'm not that far. But there are a few in there. There he he has room for improvement. I mean, we we basically had control over the whole government, and where was uh, the the defunding of, of Planned Parenthood? Yeah, he cut out a little bit here and there. There there was there was a little bit of funding that was cut out, but it wasn't nearly enough. They're they're still continuing. They're still thriving, um, and and that's one thing that he didn't get done. That that for me was a, that was a big deal. I'm a Trump supporter, but I I, I wasn't thrilled about that. That that could have been improved. Um, but really, that that issue about for me, uh, <clears throat> and there are those that would disagree with me but that issue for me is more important than any other issue because it's it's literally the lives of the most innocent people among us i mean it's 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 the humans it's the human rights issue of our day you, you know and uh democrats are in full force mostly i i guess, I guess there are a few pro-life democrats um so I wouldn't split right and left just based on that one issue. I'm just saying for me personally, uh, that's right. what did it to me. That's that's what started ma- making me kind of look at this left and right paradigm. And I don't I don't think that it was even that I was ignorant of it before. I just don't think it was that starkly contrasted, uh, you know, a few years ago before before Trump. I don't think it was as starkly contrasted as it is now because if you think about just the general characteristics of conservatives versus liberals. Conservatives don't really make that much of a fuss, you know, not not in the way that like leftist liberal types kind of do. So when we had Obama uh, in office, yeah, you had some people on the right kind of complaining about it, but they weren't making a big fuss. Now that Trump is in office, I mean, there is a fuss coming from the left. And I think it kind of forced the rest of the country to realize, oh, there is actually a huge divide here. We live in a country that we we don't have shared ideals anymore, the way that, you know, this country was found on. Uh, We we don't have those shared ideals anymore. And and in some ways, it's kind of frightening because that could be the beginning of the downfall of the entire country. I mean, if you don't have shared ideals, what do you what do you have? I mean, we 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 we're, we're we're basically two countries at this point and neither one can agree with one one another but even more each one thinks the other side is absolute evil and i i don't know how how a country survives something like that without something drastic uh changing that so i I don't know what what's in it for the future but right now i think i think a lot of people are seeing it more from this lens of the right left paradigm and i wish we weren't you know i would much rather it be just you know we we look at everybody just on an individual basis and there's a diversity of thought but i i just i don't think we live in that country anymore i think people fall into broadly the right or the left yeah, well, whether whether or not you stand within the left-right paradigm, um, I think you, the point that I 
take away from what you're saying, and I think is very important, is that the left-right paradigm is real in that it is, it, it's affecting everything. You know, a yeah. lot of us like to try to stand outside of the left-right paradigm, you know, the, thinking of two different sides of the same coin, two different wings of the same beast. Um, but the reality is that the uh, operationally, pragmatically, there is uh, a very uh, distinct left-right right paradigm that that does operate and you know it's easy to stand outside of it sort of philosophically theology theologically things like that for us but you're right i mean when it comes to the pragmatic actions being taken and the forces uh you know sort of pushing back on each other it really is the left right paradigm so i think um for myself and those uh those listening, I think if we frame it in that sort of idea, um, then we'll be able to, to, uh, I mean, it's just reality. It's just what's happening. Yeah. And and for people watching, I mean, this has nothing to do with religion or Christianity. This is just purely on a physical, just kind of how you move around in the physical world, what you kind of think about things. Uh, and operationally, like you said, I mean, that's just how the country is divided. And really what it all comes down to is, do you want to preserve how the country was founded or do you want to change it? I mean, that's really all it is, uh, yeah. fu- fundamentally. And 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 you know, a lot of this, a lot of this too, which is really interesting. A lot of this is just based on personality types. So there's there's a lot about your personality that that kind of I don't know if determine is the right word, but maybe uh, you know m- maybe you'll you'll have greater chances of being on one side or or the other and just how you think. And so I think that personality type thing came about first, and then our politics just kind of surrounded that. I I don't think the politics came first. So, you know, there are more kind of outside of the box creative types and that's fine. I'm, I'm actually personality wise. I'm like that too, with certain things, with things that are meant to be, you know, creative things that are creative in nature, like music and art and stuff like that. Uh, but not when it comes to like laws and, you know, things that really affect people's lives, policy stuff. Uh, but, but you have the outside of the box people, who really push it. And then you have more of the inside the box conservatives who want to kind of keep things the way they are. The problem is what happened. Uh, and I think this is why we have this split now is I think these two people, these two types of people used to just kind of accept each other, you know, maybe not always agree, certainly not, but, but just kind of knew they were there and, and it wasn't a big deal. But what, what's happened is to be outside of the box means anti inside the box and to be inside the box means anti outside the box. When, when people switched and it happened during, you know, it happened four years ago during uh, the whole Trump election thing. When people made that switch, they made the switch from, from this is, you know, who, who I am, this is how I think to, that's how he thinks, or that's how they think, and they're wrong. They're different, they're wrong, they're evil. Once we started looking at it from you know, the perspective of the outside, of the others, uh, once we started looking at that, I think that's really when that split happened. And I think just, just the way the whole Trump election was, was handled, and, I, I, and I, I will absolutely lay the, lay the blame on the left for this, because I, didn't, I, didn't, I saw the right's reaction to it, but I didn't see the right in, initiating any of it. Um, and you know, some, some people on the left would blame Trump for it with his rhetoric, but he's just one guy. I'm talking about just actual establishment stuff. He's just one guy and that's just how he is. Um, but, uh, but that's when I really saw that, that split kind of, kind of happen. And I, I think if we could get back to, to a place where, 
and again, it doesn't mean that we agree and it doesn't even mean that we necessarily like, but if we just accept that there are other people who are different and if we focus on, all right, when I have a conversation with somebody, I don't want to be proven right. I want to change that person's mind, you know, get, get back to like reason, logic, that kind of stuff. But, but right now with the way it is, people are trying to prove themselves right. And you do get that on, on both sides, by the way, that that's not a right left split. That's a human thing. Uh, you get people that that they just want to prove themselves right or correct, I should say, just so we don't mix up the left-right stuff. They want to prove themselves correct without caring if they're changing the other person's mind or not. See, me, I, yeah. I'm interested in changing people's minds, and I'm interested in having my mind changed. You know, if I'm wrong on something, I want to know. <clears throat> I want to know. So I'm open to hearing out other people's arguments. That that's how a lot of a lot of my really, if we're being honest, that's how everybody's opinion is formed. Just because you you heard it from some somebody somebody told you something and you thought hey that sounds good and and so you may have looked into it more or whatever but it's very rare to have an opinion that just comes purely organic organically from one own self you know unless we're talking about like favorite ice cream or something but but you know something insignificant but uh but I, I think if if everybody could just get back to this place where where we're more interested in just good reasonable debate you know good good faith debates without without throwing in um like straw man stuff or, or personal attacks or anything like that, that that's, that all comes from people who, who are more interested in being seen as correct rather than actually getting to the heart of something or the truth of something. Um, so if we, if we're, if we were all just more open to having our minds changed and, and also recognizing there are going to be people who are different, they think differently, uh, doesn't mean they're right or wrong. Uh, just, just, they, they think differently. And so, you know, it's, it's up to us in a conversation to use logic and reason to see if they are right or wrong. But figuring out who's right and wrong shouldn't be the goal. The goal should always should always be get to the truth, whatever the truth happens to be. I think if we did that, our, our country could start to heal again. But so far, I'm not seeing it. Josh, <clears throat> I appreciate. Um, whoa, stop screen share. Sorry, I'm getting a message here. <laughs> we are live on the air guns. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um so here, here's you, you laid out a whole political thing here, and I, I appreciate that. Um, I think from where I sit, the the thing that's really interesting to me has been the the response, like culturally, the the social response to everything, the language, yeah, um, that's been uh, uh, used to basically <laughs> like social distancing that language is very nice for uh, quarantining us. And the thing that I've realized that's really fascinating has been the people that have been warning us about, you know, a lockdown, a quarantine, they're going to take over all this kind of stuff suddenly flipped after the Trump elections. And they were like, Oh, they're going to do this because they're going to arrest the the bad people, the pedos and all this stuff. So I found that whole thing interesting, but I really, I truly think the, the whole scientific dictatorship that we, one of the first, things that really caught my attention when looking at this stuff. I learned this from Derek and Sharon Gilbert, um, an interview they had with um, the, I think it's the Collins brothers or Coppins. I can't remember the last name. I think it's Collins brothers. And um, they had a book, the, the scientific dictatorship. And they talked about how a virtual panopticon would be formed. How would right. people become 
you know, uh, self-censoring of themselves. And we're doing it now. We're doing it on YouTube. Like sometimes we don't want to say certain words because, you know, they're going to uh, either demonetize or completely delete the video. So we see that at that level. Um, but then having us, the idea of a panopticon being or virtual panopticon being that one person, the, the, there's a prison cell that surrounds a tower in the middle that can see everybody, all the prisoners. And the prisoners don't necessarily know who the guards are looking at. And that behavioral change, that's the part that I think, regardless of the political conversation, the part that worries me the most, and not just, this isn't like a fear thing, but it's more of a, hey, this is um, what I see coming, is the reset or the reestablishment of some of the infrastructure surrounding everything. What The big thing that the whole coronavirus thing did or has been doing is expose some of the problems within the medical industry. The people that were saying that, you know, we weren't getting the type of support either financially or equipment wise. There's all kinds of things that were exposed in a sense that we need to maybe rethink about how to deal with these kinds of things, especially since this particular issue, this worldwide pandemic, this is the first time this has happened in the age of the internet. And not only is information very confusing, like you started off the conversation with it's, um, the way things are, uh, the way things are built are being exposed. The problems with, um, not just again, information, but goods being shipped around with, uh, medical supplies with, uh, even, you know, actual locations that are becoming an issue. And I just find it peculiar that this thing that was simulated a few months before, I know everyone brings up event 201, we've covered it, um, and, and the different strains of coronavirus, the, the deadly strain and the strain that's just more like the flu. And, and there's all sorts of variables here, but I find it interesting that as this thing develops in this country, in the United States, we're being told to shut everything down, lock it down, businesses, shut it down, Sports, shut it down. Everyone go home. And to me, not only is it this exercise in power, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, this is an exercise of power because we're kind of forced to think, to have an excuse to have this lockdown to me is kind of like, it doesn't sit well with me. Like I understand that there's this precaution going on, but at the same time, it seems pretty obvious that there's a little bit of an overreaction taking place. Um, Oh yeah. So there's that angle, but then really what, what is really happening? And I, it's my opinion that you were talking about what's going to bring us all back together. What's going to change this. I think there is a moment coming where, and this could be a Trump thing. This could be, uh, you know, uh, the globalist new world order thing working through Trump. There's all sorts of opinions on how this is, you know, really playing out, but I know people are concerned because, um, just the last couple I think it was two days ago. Uh, CNET reported that Trump signs law to boost 5G security broadband availability. 5G has yeah. been one of those things that, that Trump's been kind of just blasting through. He hasn't really been uh, yeah. paying too much attention to it. Right. And I think that has something to do with not just the economy, because now we have the situation where, uh, you know, we, we have these, uh, we have the universal basic income. Basically, all of us are just kind of pretending like it's not that, but it's that for a little while or test one or test run or whatever it is as, as of this recording. Um, but then we have um, uh, the problem with getting checks to everybody. How are we going to get the money to everybody? And there was rumors about uh, an e-wallet. There was rumors about, and I think Pelosi's bill had a digital dollar within it, which they took out. And here's my thing, Josh. I think they might've taken it out because 
uh, not only is it nonsense with the rest of the bill, but I think this is just my opinion here. I think they're getting ready to reset a whole bunch of stuff into yeah. digital, digi- into the digital world. And, I, and that, that includes, I think the federal government doing a massive upgrade. And this means that I think perhaps this is just speculation at this point. Um, but it could mean some kind of digital wallet that is, uh, tied to our social security number or, or something like that, uh, or some kind of, um, system where our health records are, you know, again, in our own possession, but then are able to be shared in this official way through the government. Uh, or, um, what was the other thing? Vaccines is the one that people have been worried about that, you know, there, it's going to be a yep. forced issue where if you, if you don't have a vaccine, you'll be known not to have a vaccine based on your GPS location of your phone and all the phone tracking technology that Bill Gates is I'm talking about. It feels like everyone go home, shut down all the businesses because everything we do is about to change. And everything we do is about to move to this digital thing because on one hand, it's like, okay, federal government, you guys are really, a a lot of the technology they're using is very antiquated. It's very old. And there's a part of, I think the conversation where it's like, you know what? Yeah, they should upgrade. Like we really shouldn't like in California, the DMV system, that thing should be upgraded. Like, why can't I prove that I'm a, I'm a real guy with my license uh, you know, through some kind of digital means instead of just having a card, those types of things could change radically as we move forward here. And that could be a place where it's both, again, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. It's both good and bad, but at the same time, at the beginning, it might be something good and it might bring people together again <laughs> because, Hey, uh, we realize it's not, it's, it won't be a Trump thing. It won't be one of those things. It's like, Oh, we're just helping America get back to work. But we have this new system now where we're taking away a lot of middlemen with the federal government. We get to work with them directly. And some of the rumors I've heard is that it's going to empower local governments to become that um, in between with the federal government so that we can directly as local citizens of our own city and town, we can interact a lot more with our local governments in that way. I mean, positive in that sense, if you're decentralizing the government in that way, but you're doing it with this technology and this infrastructure of like 5g and, you know, digital wallets and all kind of tracking stuff. So it's like this give and take, but I think that's been the more fascinating side of looking at the whole uh, virus issue is the social changes and the infrastructure, people talking about the fourth industrial revolution, all those issues that point to, and the only thing that really feels like there's any reference uh well there's lots of references that that not direct references but just things that seem to suggest that type of world um in in eschatology and that's revelation 13 the mark of the beast those topics come up in this conversation because of the fact that if the federal government is moving towards digital you know that what kind of capabilities are they going to have openly now that they didn't have before uh because so much has been exposed so anyway now i'm going on a ramble and I'll let you speak, <laughs> yeah, Josh. But people, people love your ramble. <laughs> well, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And this is why I'm I'm very anti like extremes. So you know, while while we do have this right and left paradigm in the country, the, both of those sides have extremes, and and it's it's a bad idea to be on either extreme. So you know, for example, this is why I, I said early on, Trump is not perfect. There are things that he does that I don't agree with. I don't like the five G stuff at all. Uh, you know, they're, they're developing a vaccine for the the coronavirus, and I don't know what's going to come from that. I don't know if I, I know Bill Gates has come out and said that he wants to like impose a tracking system with the vaccine to see who's been vaccinated and who hasn't. I hate that. 
that. I think that's a terrible idea. You know, there was a famous quote, I forget who, Jefferson or somebody maybe, but there's a famous quote that uh, says, if you sacrifice your your rights or your freedom. If you sacrifice freedom for safety, uh, you'll lose both, and you don't deserve you don't deserve either. Mm. And I might be butchering that, but but basically, it's we we're we're entitled to rights. You know, we have rights in this country, and they aren't given to us by the government. They're 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 given to us by God. It's just it's they're they're just intrinsic rights. Uh, and so when the government strips those away. Uh, no matter who's in office, I have a problem with it. Like there, there are places in the country right now where it, 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 it you can, you can get arrested if you go to church. That is a problem. You know, that, that is sacrificing our rights in order to maintain some kind of safety. Now, now I, I, I would say, you know, I think it's a good idea for people if they can to just stay at home and do church online just to be safe. You know, we don't want to get anybody sick. We don't want anyone to get sick, but I, I would never advocate for the government enforcing that, you know, I think that's something that we can decide to just do on our own. We don't need the government getting involved. And just the fact that the government does get involved, even local governments get involved in that shutting churches down. That just makes me want to do it even more, even though I, I would have planned to just, uh, you know, stay home and do, just do online conferencing kind of stuff for church. But, uh, it, I mean, th- there's even, there's even areas in the country now where they've set up hotlines where you can, you can call and tattle on your neighbor. Basically, if your neighbor holds a wedding or something you can call and tattle on them and, and uh the virtual set, send the panopticon the virtual panopticon yeah, we, yeah, we police ourselves yep and look how many people uh look how many people go for that but look how few people are actually recognizing this is an infringement of rights even if it's a good thing for us to do social distancing and it is uh you know this is why i'm not on the other side of the extreme either that says that this is no big deal i think that this is a big deal but but even if i thought that even if i thought this is no big deal i i still would not want to take the risk you know i i wouldn't want to what if i'm wrong and i i risk it and then i go get somebody sick or get myself sick well then i got somebody's life in my hands you know i don't, I don't want to do that um so but either way this shows how few people how easy it is for people and it makes me wonder it really makes me wonder if 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 some of this was planned i mean at least on the spiritual side you know spiritually the the, the powers of darkness and all that stuff ephesians 6 I, I wonder how much of this was planned to test us and to see how many rights how quickly we would give up just for a little bit of safety i mean it's not like the government has ever been really that great at you know uh uh making sure we're all okay in all all areas of life you know we got a strong military that's good and you know there, there's some areas but i mean for example the the government can't can't build a website to save its life. Just a simple website to count votes or for you to register for healthcare or something like that. Uh, so I mean, there, there's there's things like that where they haven't proven themselves as worthy of telling us how we can how we can best be safe in our own day-to-day lives. I think that's up to the individual. You know, it's up to you to decide how you're going to be safe uh, with your circumstances, with your family. You know, that's up to you. Um, it's up to me to do the same. And and the answers to, to how we do that might be different depending on, you know, where you live, who you are, what kind of family you have, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, What's really shocking, and it does make me wonder if some of this was was planned, not in the sense of, well, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But but it does make me wonder how how much of this was planned, kind of as a test to see, uh, for you know, in preparation for when the mark of the beast system does does reveal itself or however it's going to happen, to see how quickly nowadays 
because this wouldn't have happened 100 years ago. How quickly nowadays people are willing to give up their rights in order for uh, some kind of flimsy excuse for safety or for $1,200 from the government or something like that. So it, it's really bad to be on on any extreme with with any of this. Uh, but it, it's it's I think it's really smart to to think with all of these things, who benefits, you know, who really benefits? Are we benefiting? I don't think so. Uh, so yeah, I, I have a, I have a big problem with the authoritarianism that's going on and I, I haven't seen Trump really address that, which is, uh, which is really unfortunate. I mean, if, if it was me, if I was president and I heard that some mayor in some town was telling people they couldn't go to church, like I, I would hold a press conference immediately and say that, that, that is garbage. That is not what this country, uh, is founded on. And you should Never sacrifice your rights just for some safety. If you want to take the risk, we should be allowed to take a, the risk. I don't think it's a good idea to, you know. But <laughs> I, I think I think that that should be up to the 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 individual to to right. make that choice. Well, it's interesting too because here's the thing: if we're gonna let, let's back away from some extremes on a couple sides here. One of them, sure. you know, there is a question that was asked uh, on one of our live streams a couple of days ago um, about, you know, well, is somebody who is a little hyped up about the church thing being told they can't have church, churches pulling their public meeting permits or getting their permits pulled rather, um, and you know, there is a way to look at it. My, this is just sort of my personal. thing. Thing is, you know, there's for those who are in church leadership and kind of understand what's uh, what's all entailed in that. Um, and for those who are just really kind of keeping an eye on the body of Christ and church uh, as a whole, I think a lot of people were feeling anyways that the current church model um, is, you know, it, it's a little unstable. It, it may yes. not be, it, 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 it may be unsustainable. And, you know, we, we sort of talk about and glorify early church days quite a bit. Well, this might be the situation. Early church, baby, everybody just meet at their homes in 10 or 11 less. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a, the other side of the coin of let no crisis go to waste. The church may have uh, a big chance to sort of uh, revitalize the current system where, you know, and it's not just mega churches. Obviously, mega churches are sort of the easiest, uh, most accessible example, but even, uh, you know, the, uh, normal churches, you know, going from anywhere from 50 people to a few hundred people, kind of the medium sized churches. That's a very difficult model to keep going nowadays, yeah. even without a you know coronavirus pandemic. So I think for the church is a very uh, uh, it's an opportunity to really lean into those sort of early church ideals, especially in a time like now where you know being a follower of Jesus is getting less and less popular. Um, and so, you know, so I, anyways, when it comes to the response of the church, you know, I've seen a lot of people getting real mad at uh, churches for shutting down and making all sorts of accusations, you know, being controlled by the government, that sort of thing. Well, yeah, unfortunately, we're all being controlled by the government right now. And uh, but they can't control, you know, your your spiritual life in that right. you can still, you know, I, I I'm actually pretty impressed with a lot of the church's response, you know, um, coming in, doing online services, things like that, where before, you know, live streaming a service was sort of just like a thing people did because you got to have a social media presence for your church. If you want to <laughs> attract more people, you know, you got to give, 
you know, the, you know, the, the 16 year old kid, something to do on Sunday. So let them run the live stream, stuff like that. But it's really a great opportunity and a potential huge paradigm shift, uh, to move back to that, you know, smaller group, more intimate church setting. And then of course, you know, a a network of those things coming together, like, uh, like the early church. So as far as that's what I'm praying for. Yeah, I think, and I think we'll see it happen. And I think overall it will be good for the church. Now, Gons, to speak a little bit to what you were saying with, uh, you know, again, let no crisis go to waste. I, I'm often talking about, uh, talking to people about, oh man, what's life going to be like? We're never going back to normal. Uh, and even those who are saying we're going full martial law. Now we may or may not go full martial law. I think the powers that be still sort of understand that going full martial law is pushing the boundaries of what Americans are um, open to dealing with right now. Yeah. As a whole, I would say, I don't think anybody really wants martial law and you're going to get pushback from all sides. But much like 9-11, you know, you have the big disaster. Everybody sort of changes their life for a little bit. We're all recovering, trying to figure out what life is going to look like. <clears throat> and, you know, during 9-11, People thought that martial law would be implemented then and the takeover was then and, and you know, that kind of stuff. But in reality, it's it is much more of that frog in the boiling pot thing, you know, yep, yeah. uh, and I don't think that there will be a full on uh, martial law takeover and all the other sort of biblical things, the prophecies that go along with that. But when this is all over, there will certainly be, uh, you know, a, a modicum of lost liberty, much like uh, after 9-11. You know, the biggest changes was like, oh, now we have a TSA and our challenge, you know, our, our traveling has changed forever and that'll probably never go away. I can imagine after this whole lockdown thing, whenever it ends, maybe it's next month, you know, Trump's talking about lifting a lot of the, the, the uh, restrictions on Easter. Some people put it out at three to six months. Some people putting it out 18 months. Now I don't think, uh, we could deal with this for 18 months, but it's uh, there's going to be something, whether it's a new agency or a new way of life, p- potentially what it could look like as an example is, oh, yeah, now coronavirus just becomes a seasonal disease that comes back every year and we got to get a new vaccine for it every year. And uh, at this point, you know, where every year the government can call a few weeks of this social distancing. It'll, it may just become a part of life where every year you just plan on it. There'll be, you know, three to six weeks where everybody has to stay inside to avoid the, to flatten the curve, baby, flatten that curve. Um, And so when we're talking about long-term, you know, I think it's a much more balanced. I think it's much more realistic to say that this will be used to take away what some people might consider smaller freedoms, um, but it will train us to obey the government whenever they tell us to stay inside. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it too. And I think that's why, you know, some people got really upset about it because, you know, it not only is it kind of like the government teaching Christians how to fall in line, but it's also Christians in a sense, teaching the government, here is how you can get us. You know, all, all they have to do now is just manufacture another disaster and then they got us and then we'll stop going to church. But you bring up a good point. The true Christians, I don't think this, this not being able to go to church thing uh, is going to affect them that much. I mean, I, I, I had already, already stopped going to like church, you know, like <laughs> traditional, you go to a building. I, I stopped doing that years ago. Um, I, I do more like at home group setting kind of things uh, with, with, with my family and with some other people and stuff. Um, and I think a lot of people are, are gravitating towards that anyway. And I, I think that's what, you know, that, that verse uh, has to do with that. God will work all things together for good. It does. And, you know, for, for those who are uh, created for his called for his purposes and stuff. It's not that, uh, it's not that everything will be good. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be horrible things that happen, but God can work that together for good. So if the government says we have to close churches down and there's something else we have to keep in mind too, they're not saying that because it's Christian and we have to close it down because Christians aren't allowed in this country. That's not the reason that, that now, you know, maybe some of them have that like in the back of their head, like maybe some of them are thinking, Oh good. We can, you know, stick it to the Christians with this one, but that's not the official position. The official position is because of a a pandemic. So, um, if if they do that and shut down churches, Christians, the, the real Christians who uh, are interested in it, who 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 want that fellowship, uh, they'll find a, they'll easily find a way. Like you said, small group meetings uh, or even larger ones uh, at home, and the government isn't encroaching on those right now. You, you know, I mean, right at least right now, the cops aren't coming to people's houses and counting how many people are over there. At least mm-hmm. not yet. Now it, it could, it could, that could happen. And that, that, that would be a problem. The other part about this too, is our, our, our military is really unique in that, uh, they, they've all taken an oath to, um, to to defend the the Constitution, to, to defend, uh, you know, like people's rights and stuff like that. I think, Maybe in the future it'll be easier, but I, I don't think right now it would be incredibly easy. Maybe with some of them, but I, I don't think it would be incredibly easy to uh, totally flip all all, all of uh, the people who are sworn to protect this country against citizens, against Christians, against people like you and I. There's going to be people in uh, in the, those positions of power that will fight back against it, uh, and, and so I think I think I think those in power who are against us know that I, I think they, they have, they have some time to go before they can actually flip it into where we're seeing our own government come against Christians in that kind of way. I'm not saying it's impossible. It could happen and may, maybe it could happen sooner than I'm thinking. But, uh, I, just if, if I had to guess, uh, I, I would say we we have a little ways to get before before we get like that in this country. Now, what what could happen though, um, and th- this is you know just thinking about eschatology end time stuff. Um, what could happen is if this like I, I don't know if coronavirus plays a role in Bible prophecy at all, or you know who knows. But let, let's say let's say it's just one of those birth pangs. We got a lot of birth pang stuff. Let's say it's one of those. Um, so. 
if it is, I could see how if this does last longer than a week or, you, you know, Tr- Trump said he'd like to see it by Easter, but that's just what he'd like to see. It. It's not an official this is going to happen. So if this does last long enough, this this could severely, severely cripple uh, our, our economy, possibly to the point of no return, possibly to where we can't get it back and it, or, or it'll be very difficult. So our, our country is weakened and, and it could be even more weakened down down the line uh, due to all this. That could be a birth pain that leads to another birth pain of a weakened economy, which could lead to weakened military. It could lead to all all sorts of weakened defenses. Uh, And maybe China decides, well, if we're going to do it, now's the time. And then then maybe they launch some kind of attack, whether it be a cyber deal or whether it's just an actual traditional army attack. Um, who, who, Who knows? But that type of thing, and with so many countries being weakened like that, with the right things happening, it could lead to another another world war or something drastic. Even without all the other, you know, the rest of the world involved, it could lead to a type of civil war in our own country. Now, this wouldn't be like a North versus the South kind of thing, like the first civil war. But there have been a lot of talks lately about you know what what would a second civil war look like? Uh, how would that happen? And and really, what it amounts to is the most likely scenario is that it would be a lot of civil unrest, and it, and and it would follow this this unfortunate right versus left paradigm, this this right and left paradigm that we now have in our country, which, by the way, I want to make clear, I don't like that paradigm. I, I just recognize it for, for what it is. So I'm not saying I'm in support of it. Uh, you know, I would rather us, you know, look at each other as individuals and not just part of part of some group, you know, big group uh, like that, that, that divides the country. But but if we do continue down that, if we do continue down that right versus left paradigm, um, it. I think Antifa is where it starts, but I think we're going to get mm. more and more civil unrest. And that's what uh, there, there's going to be a point where people, you know, more, the more conservative types, they're they're going to have to defend themselves and they will. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of a, an online joke. You know, we, we're the ones with all the guns. But but again, this wouldn't be a traditional North versus South war. It would be a lot of pockets of civil unrest where you get the Antifa types, you know, and it wouldn't only be Antifa. It'd be other other things would spring up, but you, you get them firebombing places that, that they don't agree with. And you're going to get conservatives defending themselves in, in response that could eventually lead into just a full blown civil war if it's left. And, and in that case, it's already started. And if, if that, I don't know what, you know, the future holds, I don't, I'm just talking worst case scenario, but the way things have been going, especially with the added pressure of the coronavirus, everybody having to stay at home, the added pressure of government authority, authoritarianism, um, the added pressure of talks of a UBI, you guys brought up the UBI thing. This this will be used as evidence towards a, uh, towards the UBI working. You know, Democrats in the future will point back to today and say, well, we gave people money then and it worked great. You know, look, look how much better we are now. Uh, look how much better off we are now. That's if we get through this thing. And I believe we will. But uh, and that's going to be used as evidence to support uh, the uh, UBI, which would just absolutely I mean, it would 
devastate it would devastate our country in, in, in a lot of ways. But all of those added pressures um, could build up into something that would basically it could destroy the country from within. You know, a lot of people ask the question, you know, where where is America in Bible prophecy? There's a possibility that it's not because of something that's starting now, because of this type of thing uh, reaching its worst case scenario and we basically implode in on ourselves. You know, c- countries countries that don't share ideal, uh, ideals anymore, they don't have a common ideal anymore, those countries don't last very long. That, that when you look at, when you look at like ancient cultures, ancient, uh, all, all that stuff, um, fallen empires and stuff, when it started, when it started to fall was when they lost their uh, shared ideals. And we've definitely lost that in this country. We have two different sets of ideals now. And, and it does follow the right-left paradigm. So I, I could see, and this is why we need we need Christians to really pray about this, because none of us should want this. You know, I, I don't want that to happen. Nobody should want that to happen. I want to see our country uh, go back to normal and then thrive. And I want to see people learn to get along and learn to, you know, ha- have open and honest debates and learn to have some kind kind of value um, that we can all share in together. Uh, we, we just don't really have that right now. But uh, but that's why Christians, we need to set the example. So we need to be praying. We need to be going and making disciples. You know, we need to be uh, sharing the gospel, uh, spreading the gospel in love, not, not worried about getting into arguments about who's right and who's wrong, but sharing the gospel. We absolutely got to put the gospel above politics. There's nothing wrong with talking about politics, but we have to, we have to understand that that is not the most important thing. Um, it, it, not not even close. There's a whole spiritual reality around this whole thing that's way more important, and it's way more important to spread the gospel than it is to win a political debate. So we have to set the example. We got to be out there praying, praying with people. I mean, now is a great opportunity. If you look at um, the, the the reason that uh, if you look at all 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 the other plagues, um, like Spanish flu or even before that. What, what really set Christians apart were they were the ones that were willing to go in and help care for people when others wouldn't because everybody was afraid of getting the disease. Uh, and this, this is every plague in the last 2000 years has been like this. Christians would go in and it is an amazing witnessing opportunity. So we have this opportunity to make disciples of all nations. We can go in, we can help people who need it. You know, we, we can go in and offer assistance, even in your local communities. That's the best place to start. You know, just go door to door and make sure everybody has everything they need and then you you can just start talking about uh jesus and we have a great opportunity to do that and i believe christians will do that people uh need that sense of hope right now they're they're more open to it now than they have been since probably 9 11 uh so it's a really good opportunity for us we can make a lot of christians out of this and then all, all of the rest of the politics stuff that that will that will work itself out i mean just by nature, the more Christians you make, the more conservatives you're going to make anyway. But, but <laughs> you, you know that should that should never be the goal. That that just you know setting politics aside, um, spreading the gospel, getting more Christians out there, and and showing love and compassion to them right now when they are literally living in fear and solitude. Now is our time. Now is the time for us to to uh, get out there and share the love. Amen. For sure. Um, while you were chatting there, I pulled up Matthew eighteen twenty, um, this you know famous passage for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them, and yep. it's interesting because in the situation we're in now, this here what we're doing, just kind of being together online here, t- talking about these issues and um, ultimately sharing Christ. This is practically church 
And I know it's church yeah, for a lot is. of people, you know, in the chats and people that have tuned in. This is this is kind of their church. So I think we, we have to keep that in mind that we're we're this is an opportunity for us to everyone's the joke that we made when we first started doing these live streams a couple weeks ago was that we have a captive audience, literally, right? We have everybody staying at home. They got nothing else to do unless they're, obviously if they're working, they're working. Um, but uh, they're in that situation. So I, th- I think that's interesting. But also, you know, you were talking about the some of the concerns, the power grab and all this. Um, the, let's see, I have a headline here. One world government needed to cope with COVID-19, says former British prime minister. This was uh, published on March 26th. And uh, says Gordon Brown, who was both prime minister and leader of Britain's left-wing Labour Party from 2007 until 2010, told British media that the world government he proposed would address the medical and financial crisis caused by COVID-19. It would direct efforts to find a vaccine for the virus, organize its production and purchase, and stop profiteers. Uh, and it, it got me thinking, like, this whole bailout thing, and you, you mentioned uh, – you know, the, the corporations, you, how we need to bail out the corporations because it's people working and stuff like that, or, uh, at least earlier on in the conversation. And well, I, it's, it's the government shutting down the corporations, so it's their responsibility to take care of them. If a right. corporation fails because they're just a bad corporation and, and they, don't, they don't thrive in the free market, then I am not at all up for government intervention in that. I think those, those corporations should, should just fall and die and something else should, uh, you know, replace it. But, but yeah. But a lot of these corporations also are, they can't withstand a couple, couple months. They, I mean, they, they make, again, they have a lot of money. I think it's, it's exposing. Go well, ahead, sorry. A, lot, a lot of the corporation's money is in assets too. So that, yeah. that's the other thing. It's not, it's not like, you know, I think, I think some people kind of have this, this weird view of how all this works where it's, it's just the, the president of the company sitting in his tower with all this money around him. That's not, <laughs> that's not how it is. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it's in assets and, and, you know, things like, you know, other buildings and stuff that you got, you still have to pay property rent on and taxes on and stuff like that. So, I mean, if it's, there was no real way to know this was going to happen. And I'm not even blaming the government for shutting things down. I I think, you know, that's, probably a good idea to make sure it doesn't spread because like I, I briefly mentioned before, even young people are getting uh, this disease. It's not just, it's not just old people, uh, people who are dying from it. It's a horrific death. It, it, it's, re- it's really bad. Uh, but, but so, but if it's the government, if the government is the one that's shutting these things down and not giving the corporations or the people in charge of the corporations, the choice, then I think it is the government's responsibility to, to supplement that and, and take care, you know, do, do something about it at least. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good management, you should, you should be able to, you know, I, I guess you should be able to probably stay afloat for a couple of months. I, I know with daily renegade, like daily renegades, we we've been doing this a year, but if the government just shut us down today and said, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you know, make any videos anymore. We'd be done. I don't have save, and it's not it's not poor management. It's just most most like everything that comes from Daily Renegade goes back into Daily Renegade, and that's how that's like how a lot of companies work. So, very very few of very little of it is actual just pure profit for the president or whatever. Um, and a lot of it gets filtered back into the company. So if if the government said like for Daily Renegade, okay, it's shut down. You can't make any more content. You can't upload anything. Uh, we we probably would have to close the company down. You, you know, if if the government wasn't like, but you know, we'll give you. Also, the other part of this too is it's not. Um, 
uh, th- this is your own tax money you're getting back. You know, we're, we're forced to pay these taxes and we don't have any say in how they get spent. I mean, my, my tax dollars are, are used to fund horrific things that I don't agree with that, that I'm, I'm appalled by like Planned Parenthood being one of them. Uh, we don't get to choose. So, Part part of this is is us just getting our own tax money back, and that that's supposed to be the reason that we pay taxes anyway. We're supposed to get something of equal value back from the government. We're supposed to be getting, uh, you, you know, something for our tax money. But unfortunately, it's it's just it's uh, for years and years it's been properly or it's been improperly spent. Um, so that that's another issue with it too. With the UBI stuff, it wouldn't be just our tax money that we're getting back. It would be somebody else's <laughs> tax money that that's that they're they're forced to pay. Uh, There's just all sorts of problems with that. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't, I don't really see it as much as like a, a corporate bailout kind of thing because it wasn't, it wasn't really ultimately the company's fault that they had to to close down. But Josh, Josh, I have to push back a little bit here because you're talking about daily renegade and we're talking about companies (laughs) like Boeing, you know know what I mean? Like this is a little different. (laughs) I think the, the issues of the, the economic issues, for Boeing, probably it's a long time thing. It's not the coronavirus issue and the government forced shutdown is was kind of like the needle that broke the camel's back. It wasn't this that caused all the the company, the big corporations, to need bailouts because they've been print they've been doing repo markets for months, pr- printing oh, no, billions of dollars I, every night. I totally night. agree with you. So yeah, I totally agree. They've been doing horrible things, but 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 part of it too is time. So if they if they if the government took the time, like how how do they know which companies deserve money and which don't? That's going to take a lot of time, a lot of deliberation, and in that time, nobody gets any money. So, in order in order to make sure that the the ones that actually deserve it, the ones that actually need it, are okay, you you got to bail them all out. I mean, it's it's like individuals. It's like I know there there are going to be people that get this check that don't really deserve it or don't even really need it. You know, there's gonna, on both sides. There's there's going to be people who don't want to work and they're essentially lazy. Not saying all poor people are lazy, they're not. But but I'm not. I wouldn't say none of them are either there there's a few in there that are but there's also millionaires who really don't need this this check at all but the the longer the government takes to figure out what company because if they say no to boeing they're they're gonna have to say no to other companies they're gonna have to justify it say yes to other companies and it's a whole process and look 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 how long it took just to get this one blanket proposal you know approved by both sides it took forever we we would be we would be five years into uh, in deliberation before we'd ever see anything so so in order to make sure that the ones that do deserve it actually get what they need, unfortunately, and it's not perfect, it's far from it, it's a, it's an imperfect system, but unfortunately, just you got to bail everybody out even if they don't deserve to be. Yeah, and I guess giving everybody uh, about a grand a month or something just just to keep them happy. And, and the other part of it is, you know, you mentioned how we're, we're kind of getting our money back. Um, yeah. Kind of, isn't it? Because aren't we basically paying for our, you know, are people that came before us. Uh, and so when yeah, we, when I we mean, pull this money out, we're in taxes. Yeah. We're basically, we're basically asking the, our, our children's generations to pay for it. So, it's it's yeah, it's a mess. The whole thing's a mess. mess. The whole thing is a mess. The whole thing's yeah, a mess. I definitely and agree with that. The, yeah, whole thing, so, the whole thing is a disaster. <laughs> yeah, and and I feel like the and again the whole virus issue has been 
the thing that really exposes all the stuff and and the problems were Which there before be good, yeah. and it could have been in the part of it when you, when you mentioned how it could have been intentional i know a lot of people you know that are in the live chat and stuff they're they're feeling and a lot of listeners maybe feel like that this was intentional not just at the spiritual level we know everything that happens evil is agendas you know coming from that that spiritual realm um but in terms of some of the planned things event 201 with bill gates um and and even some of the documents we've covered uh on past uh, canary cry news talk episodes most recently um of documents showing how the united states and china were working together they have a document that they published together uh through nature that showed that hey we we found this you know, anomaly within the coronavirus from this bat. And, and so they kind of knew about it beforehand years before. And, um, one of the labs that happens to, you know, that whole thing with being close to Wuhan and blah, blah, blah. But, but in terms of just the shutdown, the amount, the reaction, uh, the, everybody go inside, shut down the businesses. Again, I keep repeating myself, but it it seems like to me that this was planned in the sense that, okay, if we're going to go there, we're going to really shut everything down. These economic things we we need to do. I mean, especially if you're going to look at it from a political perspective, Trump needs to kind of keep the economy alive until he's reelected and maybe they can bring in or institute some, some massive changes after he's reelected because then he's not really working for anything except for, whatever, you know, uh, becoming the antichrist or something like that. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's been the interesting thing about all of this. I mean, when it first started popping up, one of the biggest messages, uh, that came to my mind and certainly a lot of other people is like, Oh, it's an election year. Of course, we're going to have a, some sort of disease scare. It happens every election year, you know, you got SARS, you got, uh, swine flu, Ebola. H1N1, you know, all that kind of stuff. And here we are, an election year. This pops up at the very beginning of the year. And it's very interesting to watch because, of course, the first month and a half or so of the whole thing, uh, Trump is playing it down and getting completely eviscerated um, in the media. And then just recently, I mean, his approval polls are at like 60% or something, which is as high as they've been. Um, so it's been very fascinating to watch uh, just how the effect is taking place. And, you know, who knows even how, if we're all on lockdown during uh, voting time in November, um, you know, it's certainly another opportunity to take one step further into the Panopticon, introducing um, – mm online voting which will probably be connected to some blockchain applications and your social uh, for, security for number those. oh yeah you'll get everything That's the way to verify the vote yeah your yeah your law your uh, your vote will be verified on the blockchain and stored forever and you know that's always a nice data point for yeah. figuring out who you need to target um but i don't know i when it comes to you know the results of an election this year i am way more uh, lost and ambiguous about how this is going to go than I even was the first time Trump ran. This is going to be crazy. Yeah, I think with his, you know, I I think with his high approval rating, I I think I I don't think Biden stands a chance. The guy can't even complete a sentence. You know, Uh, he's obviously he's he's lost it. But um, and and also he, you know, Trump is in the media every day. He's doing like daily press briefings and stuff on on the uh, progress with coronavirus and. 
I think he's just seen as, as more of a leader now than, than before. And, and also the fact that like when he, when this first happened, he was kind of making fun of it, but he, he showed that, you know, he, he can change his mind on things. He can take things seriously. He didn't just stick in that one lane and just uh, kept, kept acting like it wasn't a big deal. I think a lot of that plays really strong for people, especially, especially right now independence, because uh, the left is moving so much further left. Uh, a lot of the, centrist independent types they 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 say that they don't have a home they don't have anywhere to go and many of them have have decided that they they're going to vote trump this time around now polls can always be ambiguous you know every poll in the world said that trump didn't have a chance of being elected the first time around and he was so it could go either way and i i wouldn't want i wouldn't want anybody to get too prideful about it and say say well you know there's absolutely no chance that that trump can lose he's he's you know he's on fire. He, you know I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I'd say I'm very optimistic about it, but um, but it's just what what is his op- opposition? I mean he he's up against basically nobody at this point, uh, and so yeah. I, but it's unpredictable. You know I, I know that the press is trying to smear Trump with his handling of the coronavirus, even though most uh, I, and yeah you're right. It was like 57 percent approval rating for this specific thing for the coronavirus and his handling of the coronavirus. He has a very high approval rating for that. Um, but we, everything is changing day to day. Like every day it's something new with this and it could just, it could just as easily turn around to disapproval. He, he could, he, he could make some bad decisions or the yeah. Trump might, or the, uh, the media might be able to get, to get something over on Trump and, and actually smear him for some, you know, who, who knows? I mean, in, in one sense, November is, is coming up fast, but in another sense with everything changing so much every day, I mean, it, it may as well be years away. So yeah, you're, you're right. It's, yeah. it's impossible to really know. Yeah, things changing so quickly and not just in politics. I mean, even to take a step back from politics, you have things sure. like ID 2020. You've got, uh, you know, people worrying about a vaccine coming up and the combination of those things. You know, if there's some sort of forced vaccination uh, or at least if you want to leave your house, you got to get the vaccination. You know, there's a lot of talk about uh, the the combination of of uh, both taking some sort of chip with the vaccination, you know, even having them in the same syringe, you know, where you don't even get to choose. And then, you of course, you might not even know. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, it could go either way. But even then, if you're like is more common with the way that the government likes to do things like, sure. Yeah, you don't have to take the chip. You just won't get your vaccination and you're just not allowed in public. You know, that's the whole thing. They give you a make you an offer you can't refuse, really. Now, that'll be a great time for people to really uh, jump on their, uh, you know, jump in the RV and go bug out and just live live the desert lifestyle or whatever your bug out plans are, you know. Um, But if you are in a situation where you have to stay in society, whether you're maybe have some health problems or you just got kids who need to live a life, uh, go to school, whatever. Now, there, of course, there's uh, there different options for that, but you get the point um, where if you want to participate in the society, you're going to have to uh, make these decisions that you're not going to want to take. And uh, for those who listened to our Canary Cry News Talk episode a few days ago, um, not just 
as far as surveillance, not just chips and uh, vaccines, but also you got the implementation of drones, which is just kind of spooky. You know, you got the locusts coming up from the pit. Um, you also have, you know, our good our good buddy Flippy, Flippy the disembodied robot arm, uh, Miso Robotics is uh, rolling out a uh, you know temperature uh, detecting s- surveillance uh, station that you put at the front of your uh, business and it does some facial recognition and takes your temperature and if uh, if it doesn't like you you're not allowed inside another reason why um, you know techno- the technocracy and oh my gosh sorry to get derailed here but I'm starting to hear you know public facing figures talking about i mean using the word technocracy we need yeah. technocrats we need the yeah. technocracy we need uh, to rely on technology to keep us all safe from ourselves and that's the crazy part that that language that's why we got the, oh sorry go ahead I was, I was just gonna say that language of the technocrats is within governments has been happening all around the world i've had a little um uh, a little Google alerts thing for the word technocrat and technocracy for the last couple years. And it's, it's been popping up all over the world and it's just starting to really, you know, pop up a lot more in the United States. Um, but I do want to, uh, just for documentation purposes, again, um, to go upon everything you're talking about, Basil, I think we did this in uh, news talk, but just for Canary Cry radio as well. There's, um, and, and, and Josh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this because, um, this is the sentiment that they're pushing out there. This is the uh, MIT Technology Review. It's techreview.com. And the article is titled, We're Not Going Back to Normal. Social distancing is here to stay for much more than a few weeks. It will upend our way of life in some ways forever. And uh, it was written by Gideon Litchfield, who is the MIT Tech Review's editor-in-chief. And he's written such articles such as Predictions for 2030 by People Shaping the World. Um, but in this article, we're not going back to normal. Uh, it, there's a couple quotes that I wanted to highlight here. Ultimately, however, I predict that we'll restore the ability to socialize safely by developing more sophisticated ways to identify who is a disease risk and who isn't and discriminating legally against those who are legal discrimination. Mm. That's one part. And then right. the second part uh, of the article being quote, will adapt to and accept such measures much as we've adapted to increasingly stringent airport security screenings in the wake of terrorist attacks. The intrusive surveillance will be considered a small price to pay for the basic freedom to be with other people. Is it a small price to pay all that surveillance just so we can no. just so we can <laughs> hang out with each other? No, no, that is a price we should never pay. And isn't it interesting, too, that they they act like the only option on the table is to totally exclude those people from (laughs) society and from the economy. Remember when there used to be smoking and non-smoking sections in restaurants? You know, why why, why not something like that? Sick and not sick, you know, virus, not virus. Why why not have leper island, not leper island? Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it j- just because somebody is is sick in some way doesn't mean that they don't have value. And that, that's that's what people that are pushing this technocracy stuff, uh, and especially the, the, this authoritarian kind of stuff, they they don't they don't recognize that that each human being has equal value, equal and indeterminate value. It's it's infinite value that that a human being has. Um, 
that's that's everyone no matter if you're if you're sick or healthy but people pushing that they they don't believe that they they believe that there's more of like a hierarchy and then those on the bottom have to stay on the bottom and should be excluded from their society so that they're free to live however they want and they don't have to think about people uh, like us and it won't just stop at coronavirus i mean that's that type of stuff is going to be uh, Im- implemented for for people who don't want to vac- vaccinate and Christians in general, because they will say, oh, Christians, those are the ones that don't like vaccinations. They, they can't be in here, which I've never heard a good answer to this. If I choose to not vaccinate, how am I a threat to you if you do vaccinate? I mean, you have the vaccination. You should be fine, right? Isn't that the whole point? I've never I've never heard a good, good answer for that. But really what it is, it's, it's an excuse. It's an excuse to discriminate. So I, I think that now is the time really for us to use this opportunity just as Christians to, to build some kind of underground network where, where we can still have some kind of, you know, economy of our own when stuff really gets bad, you know, because we, we, we're only going to have each other. No one's going to watch out for us. We're going to have each other. That's it. And we don't want to try and put something like that together in a reactionary way. Once stuff gets that bad, where we have to kind of live underground or you know, I don't mean literally, but you know, you know what I mean? We have to be real, real cautious about where we go and, and how we, you know, how, how we go and stuff. I, I think now's the time for us to build that type of infrastructure where we can take care of each other. Uh, I mean, what better time is there than now? I mean, we, we're literally not doing anything else, but, but sitting at home, we're, we're talking to each other more often now than we ever have before us as Christians, because we, we have the time and, and we don't have any other choice. Uh, it, it's, it's a crisis that, that we, we kind of have found that we need to take, we need to take care of each other. So I think, I think the things that we build now, uh, we should do it, not just, with getting through this crisis in mind, but getting through the next and the next and the next, ultimately to whatever leads to the final crisis that we uh, read about in the prophetic books of the Bible. We know it's coming. It could be sooner than later. I mean, now, now is now is the time to really get something uh, going. What do you guys think? Sounds like a party. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of going, yeah, kind of going back to what I was uh, talking about with the the sort of church dynamic changing. Um, there's, and there are people working on that, you know, yeah. first of all, yeah, it's Christians have historically um, been the ones who uh, respond in times of crisis uh, with, I mean, actual physical acts of benefiting human beings. Um, you know, there's uh, the Romans just hated that kind of thing, but you know what? The Christians just kept doing it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, if it's uh, getting together in person, if it's uh, an online community, of course, we have our Canary Cry dot community, a real URL. Everybody wants to go check out. If you want to connect with other listeners of the show and people just like you, go to canarycry.community. It's uh, a great place to meet and uh, converse with other people just like you without, you know, having to submit to the bony fingers of the lizard people over at Facebook. So everybody needs to go check that out. But there's lots of uh, lots of people putting together things uh, things like that, and there will be a time. I mean, we've seen increasingly um, over the years with social media and online uh, outlets where, you know, some pretty basic, you know, Christian thought and language is not just socially unacceptable, but 
in a lot of cases, getting officially banned or at least shadow banned, and uh, you know, is more, more and more, more and more unwelcome uh, in public discourse. So, you know, it's an interesting situation because, of course, you know, the the Christian, um, you know, the the productive. Christian language of people who are, you know, really do live out the teachings and the love of Jesus Christ is exactly what society needs and yet is getting taken out of society more and more. Um, So, yeah, I totally think that there's, uh, you know, to be a a true Christian is going to look a lot different, Um, not uh, in your actions and your beliefs, but in your interaction with the world around you. And so, you know, and it's always that fine line between, uh, you know, helping people out uh, in physical ways, helping society, you know, uh, donating your time and money and energy and uh, just the the love in your heart to those around us to try to make life a little bit better for people and walking the line of, you know, not compromising um, beliefs and ideals just to fit in. That's a, that's one of the you know, one of those very road. fine lines that people uh, are constantly having to tight walk. Um, because if you fall on one side of the line or the other, you just, I mean, thanks to the technocratic setup of things, you just literally will disappear from the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> people won't even get to hear what you have to say. Boom, stumped you all. <laughs> I was waiting for Gons to say something. It sounded I know, like he was trying too. to get in there uh, earlier. It se- seemed like Gons had something to say, buddy. Uh, well, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there. It's it's yeah. that narrow path, you know. I have an idea. Yes. Do you guys want to uh, take some uh, listener questions? I would love that. We can yeah. do that. And okay. by the way, uh, just just so this is on record, um, for anybody in the chat on any of the outlets uh there is a conglomerate chat that is being broadcast so anything you say just know it's being documented <laughs> we all <laughs> knew I, that already i know i'm just do making have, sure people know do i do i have time to get a refill of some water real quick yeah sure while you do that uh, i'll do a couple plugs um because there's some, right, some cool. important information that i need to give out josh you take a little break and we'll see awesome. you in a second All right. First of all, I want to give a big shout out. First of all, thank you, everybody, for watching this live broadcast. We appreciate that very much. And we are so happy that in these uh, times where we are stuck in our houses, that we can reach out and connect with our listeners and keep putting out some content. You know, we notoriously uh, are not very frequent at putting out the type of content that we would prefer to do. Um, but you know, there's kind of a little bit of a blessing in disguise here where guns, we finally have some time to, uh, put some stuff out, huh? Yeah, sort of. Um, <laughs> we're <laughs> not, working on, we're doing better not than we've really. ever done. That, I, that's I'm true. Very happy You're right. about that. Yes. We could have used um, this time to try to record a normal episode, but, uh, it's interesting to try to have all the prep before and not, yes. not after. 
and this this live stream thing this is new for us we're uh, just checking it out you know if if we're seeing what works what doesn't work we've loved doing canary cry news talk it's worked very well and uh in the end we'll see how these these guest shows go but so far i'm i'm happy with it i want to give a big shout out uh to the people watching on twitch for those of you who don't know we do have a twitch channel and uh that's twitch.tv slash canary cry radio. That's where all the cool kids uh, listen to the show when we're live streaming. Um, and for those who don't know, Twitch is actually a, a, originally a, a gaming streaming platform. And here's the thing. A lot of you guys who uh, have been listening to our material for a while know that uh, gaming has been a part of my life for a long time. And I'm constantly seeing the, uh, the elite messaging, Whoa. the... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I tried to I tried to pull up the Twitch channel and all I got was some dance party. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> uh, yes, I saw that dance party on the homepage. Um, so anyways, if you're over on Twitch and if you are not yet following us on Twitch, it would be a huge favor. It would make uh, both Gons and I feel so warm and fuzzy if you go to twitch.com slash canarycryradio and follow us because we are going to start taking the time, going through some video games, playing some video games, and uh, a- analyzing and decoding the messaging that is in video games. Now, maybe you're not a gamer. Maybe you don't care about video games, but much like how we uh, analyze uh, Hollywood movies and TV shows and uh, really point out how uh, the elite messaging is coming through and being used to program the masses, the same thing is happening in games. And uh, we just wanted to set up a, a way for us to go through these games and do the same thing. So maybe you're not a gamer, but you got a kid who's a gamer, you got a brother or a sister who's a gamer, you got friends who love video games and you just don't get it, you know, that's okay. Twitch.tv slash Canary Cry Radio. Uh, you can, uh, we, we will help you. you. We will walk you through the world of gaming and, uh, you know, point out a lot of the messaging uh, that's going on there and affecting gamers, both young and old. So, and when we're live streaming these, go over to Twitch, watch it in Twitch if you can, because that, uh, that really helps us out in a lot of ways. So again, check it out. Twitch.tv slash Canary Cry Radio. Um, thanks specifically for everybody who's watching on the Face Like the Sun channel. I love I love you guys too. You know, I know it's a little weird. Uh, you come to Face Like the Sun to watch Gons and you got a couple of other knuckleheads um, trying to work their <laughs> way through these hard times. But uh, you bringing my I, numbers I personally, down. <laughs> I know. I personally appreciate, uh, you know, the, of course, some people took some getting used to, but I appreciate the warm welcome that I've started getting on your channel. Um, so thank you guys very much. I, I know I don't want to take away from uh, your your love of Gons. So if you if you don't like me, that's OK. You can keep loving Gons. Keep liking <laughs> his videos. It's all good stuff. Um, okay, Josh is back. He's Gons, back. Want to do some uh, some listener questions? Let's do it. Do you want to? Okay, go through the chat. So here, or what do you want to do? You got a couple. So here's go. what I'm going to do. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to warmly ask that for now. Uh, let's slow down the chat a little bit and uh, just chat if you have a question that you'd like us to talk about. Um, that'll help. 
uh, not have the chat zoom by so fast that we can't read them. Or I will also keep an eye on the Canary Cry Radio Facebook page. Um, And so if you go to facebook.com and uh, search for Canary Cry Radio, uh, send us a message there and I will be on our messaging uh, stuff going through seeing who uh, has questions there. Um, okay. How does that sound to you guys? Sounds I like great. It. Looking forward okay. to it. Good. So let me pop over into the chat. Let me know, Gons, if you see any, uh, see any questions coming through. Let's see. D, 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 D. Oh man, I should have picked one out a little bit earlier. I had a couple uh, earlier that I saw coming yeah. in when you first announced questions, but I'd have to scroll up. I know scrolling <clears throat> is difficult here. So especially in my VR space where I can barely <laughs> Which, by the move way, around my computer. I, I do want to say, so we've had Basil in his little VR gear and he's been broadcasting and, and podcasting from his little VR setup. I just have to say that the technology is not there yet. We, the amount of complaining I hear before we go live with the, it is a huge pain in my butt. It man. is it's not user friendly. So whatever I was fears that VR was the future. I got this VR set to, uh, for research purposes, trying to, you know, get, get a firm grasp on where the technology is at and how it's going to take over our lives. So far, it just gives me a headache and makes it, uh, about 50, at least 50% slower for me to try to. <laughs> try Every time you, I ask him continuing to use it. Yeah. I'm doing well, it for the people, man. This is research. I asked him if to look something up. This is how I'm going to spend my days. I got to figure it out. I asked him to to type in something, and his complaint was, "Where's my keyboard?" <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you, buddy. You can't get I can't a keyboard. See anything? I keep hitting my face on my microphone. Um, but there we go. Okay, there's some questions in coming in. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's drop a let's drop a question. You got one? Yeah. So here's uh, there's the one of them was um, oh, hold on, let's see. There was uh, uh, the first one that you kind of addressed, Basil. Why the VR headset from Chris? Yeah. So there we go. That's the that's the answer. Originally, I got the VR on Canary Cry News Talk. We uh, we track the the VR usage, not just for games, but uh, also being used. There's VR being used for uh, pain relief during surgery. Um, there's some experiments with VR and people with dementia. Uh, there's some experiments, really the psychological effects of VR. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things we report on a lot of things that we have no ability to interact with. But uh, virtual reality was one of them. Like we talk so much about it. We explore the implications of what it means to be a human uh, in a world of VR, you know, people going to work using visual, uh, virtual reality, uh, disabled people, elderly people getting put back into the workforce, et cetera, et cetera. And I figured, you know, it's such a, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a tangible thing and it's cheap enough and it's something I can actually interact with, do some research, see how it's going to go and uh, give some firsthand feedback to see if this is really going to be taking over our lives. <laughs> and uh, and uh, despite that, uh, it also helps me keep some internet anonymity, which I'm a fan of. So uh, you like replace your computer screen? Does it does it have like a mouse and keyboard that you have to attach? Or? So I've got these two little hands that I control <laughs> everything with, which is and antiquated. It is beautiful. 
I mean, I'm in this like super savvy, cool, trendy, big office that I have set up um, in virtual space. And I've got windows floating all around me. I got my Skype screen up here. I've got my recording software running over here. I've got chat down over here. I got my browser right here. So it's kind of fun. I'm, I'm in like this floaty virtual office. Um, but it does give me a little bit of a headache if I'm, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Um, here, I got a question coming in, and, and Josh, I'll toss this to you. We did sort of um, uh, address this a little while before, um, but this might be another way to come at the question. And this is from Living T. Bill over on uh, YouTube there. Oh my gosh, my windows are flying around. Uh, do any of you see value in trying to build Christian communities in off-grid, off-grid friendly areas that grow food and keep animals, solar, etc.? You have uh, the reach to start that dialogue. So I think we're talking about something like communes here. What are your thoughts on, you know, some real off-grid sort of bug-out style Christian communities? I won't call them communes, but um, you know, a real separation from society. I love it. I think that's a great idea. I, I, I think that we, we should have been doing that a long time ago. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live in a pretty small town. And, and here's the cool thing about it, too, is you can do that locally. You could even do that in an apartment building, providing that everybody you know goes along with it. But uh, you can do that locally. But I, I've, I'm fortunate enough to live in a really small town, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I, I, oh man, I re I love it. I absolutely love it. But everybody here, uh, kind of is already like that. I mean, we, we all give each other privacy, but when, during times like these, I mean, it, it's not an unusual thing for one of my neighbors to drive around in a big truck full of tomatoes. Cause he's, he has tomato plants mm. uh, and apples and stuff and just go door to door and just see who wants some, you know, no, no charge. Just they get, they have extra. And this is even during times where there is no crisis, just going door to door. Hey, we got some extra fruit. Do you, you know, you want some apples, you want some tomatoes, you're doing us a favor by, t by taking them off our hands. And so like that kind of thing here isn't unusual, but it's not, it's also, not invasive. It doesn't happen so often that people are constantly at your door. Like there's a lot of privacy here too, uh, which yeah. is nice. So like that, that's the only downside of like a commune style type of thing is there's not as much privacy because everybody is in really close quarters. And I, I, right. I like the, the privacy thing. Um, but, but you know, every, everybody has different tastes and different things. And, but, but I think, yeah, I do think now's the time to really start doing that. I, I think that yeah. if, if you can, uh, if you can get to a small town, get out of the city and get to a small town and, and start being part of the community, contribute. And, and uh, you know, I, I heard some really good advice and this was from, oh, I forget who, somebody can remind me in the chat, but, but they, they, this person said that when uh, when you move to a new town, the best thing that you can do is ask your neighbor for a favor because it gives them mm. the opportunity. They, it's like it, it's a psychological thing. Uh, most people don't want to ask for favors, don't want to ask for anything. If anything, they want to be the one to help. But if you yeah. let your neighbor help you, it's it's just instantly you you build you build uh, the type of friendship where you yeah. know that you're you're kind of an outsider. You're wanting to be welcomed in, and then by the neighbor uh, who's already lived there helping you out they're kind of welcoming you you into that community it's and, and it's really good advice
advice. You can do this if you're starting a new job. There's there's all sorts of areas where that's applicable. That's uh, actually a yeah. great tip. I love it when people ask me for favors. Yeah, everybody um, does because you know, everybody feels likes good feeling to, useful. Yeah, it feels good to be able to fill a need. You know, yep. I'll, I'll take another little bit of a stance on that question. Again, we're talking about a, a question asked by a listener. Uh, should we start doing Christian communes separating from society? And, I, you know, I totally understand and respect that idea, but I'm a little bit on the other side, which is I don't. I don't know. I, and, and yes, there are theological and biblical uh, uh, sort of uh, arguments for both sides. However, I, I like a little bit more the idea of being a Christian in uh, society, in a secular society where we're able to, uh, uh, you know, have – um, be an influence, have the opportunity to serve other people. Um, of, yes. You know, I, I'm a little bit uh, hesitant to say, yeah, we got to get everybody who's just like us and we got to go away <laughs> from everybody who's different and we got to just do it our way and not have any uh, conflict um, with the way the world is and how we want to live. I totally oh, understand. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're I totally. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand the instinct to want to do that, and I actually am not going to tell anybody not to do that. If you want to go, right. uh, you know, start a little Christian commune, that's great. I'll probably come by, swoop by, take some tomatoes, and uh, you know, whatever, give you some podcasts or whatever it is I actually have to offer. Right. But, yeah. Uh, there's got to there's got to be balance. It's all about balance. You know, we yeah. can't we can't hide out in in our, our our spaces that we create for ourselves and never go out and ignore the rest of the world because that's basically just consigning the rest of the world to hell. We can't do that. I think when it comes to our our, our actual living space, I, I think, you know, the, the more community-based kind of th- I think that's the way to go. But it doesn't get us out of the responsibility that we absolutely have to go out into the world. We have to be still making disciples of all nations. We are not exempt from that, even through persecution. Actually, persecution is all the more reason to be doing that. Uh, so it doesn't get us out of that responsibility. And, and and you're right. I, I think that there are some Christians who who would kind of take the temptation to get involved in, you know, like a, a small community and then just stay there and just stay among people that are just like them and never venture out and try to kind of recruit more people, uh, you know, try to try to get out and spread the gospel. And, and then 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 you're just a stagnant Christian at that point and you're not really doing any good for anybody. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree. There's there's a there's got to be a balance there. I, I think when it comes to your home life, you know, protecting yourself and your family. You, you want to, you want your home life to be as safe and secure as possible, but it doesn't get you outside of the, it doesn't get you out of the responsibility to uh, take the, you know, take the great commission seriously. I have an yeah, idea absolutely. <clears throat> from a, from a movie plot. We can isolate and, and pretend like it's like the early 1700s or something. And we don't tell the new generation that's born that it's actually 2020 and then we, uh, and then somebody dresses it up as a for monster. M. Night yeah, was for us too. <laughs> I was gonna say that didn't work too well for M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, oh, it just the- it, it boosted his career. Are you kidding me? He just <laughs> skyrocketed. When you when you ask when you ask <laughs> what M Night Shyamalan movie do you know? At ten oh out of ten times, gosh. you're gonna hear the village. <laughs> That's what he's known for. Oh the village. Pe- people don't say the sign. The sign didn't do it. <laughs> No, nobody says the village. Nobody the, saw the, the village. Alien? Signs was actually no yeah. Signs was a good one. Signs or anything. No one's <laughs> heard of that. It's, it's the village. That's what did it for him. He he hit gold. 
<laughs> so tag along question to that same question, and then we can uh, jump on to another question is, uh, you know, would the government even allow uh, a commune type thing? Doesn't do matter. Think? Doesn't yeah. matter. We still got to do it. They they pro- Right now, I think we have enough freedom where the government's not going to get involved too much. I mean, they're still going to want you to pay taxes and do all that stuff. But, you know, like Jesus said, render unto Caesar and all, all that. But but no, I mean, they're 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 not ultimately going when 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 it comes time where we really need something like that. Of course, they're not going to allow it. But that's why we need to be creative. We need we need to. And that's why I say now is the time to really get something like that set up. If you're if you're able to, if you're in a position where, again, you can move to a small town if you can uh, do do it now because it's going to be harder to do it in in tougher times of persecution they're not going to allow it but that's all the more reason to do it and that's why we got to be really wise we got to be really smart about it and we got to learn this stuff now uh, while we still have the freedom to do so Amen. yeah the, learning how to do it I think is a, a very important thing to be able to do so I yep. agree with you there yep okay we let's got another question uh oh Getting a getting a call. Oh boy! Don't call me. There we go. Okay, don't worry. I skipped it. I skipped it. They know I'm working. Um. So, what do you think, Gons? You see any questions you want to talk about here? Um. Ooh, here's one. How do we stay positive in these times? What do you think, Josh? How are you oh, staying we, yeah. positive? What's your experience? Well, yeah, we, we can't lose our sense of humor, you know, and, and that that's something else that I think divides a lot of people is some people have just straight up lost their sense of humor and they take everything too seriously. You know, there, there's a time and place for everything, but we, we have to, we still have to have joy. I mean, if you have a proper relationship with Jesus, even during hard times, you can still find joy in that. I mean, even in what, what is it, Acts 5, I think, in, in Acts, they were waiting in line to be pummeled and beaten into the dirt, but they were still, they were still joy. They were praising God because it says because they they were counted as worthy to suffer shame for His name. They that that to them was like they they took joy in that. They they so we can't we don't have an excuse to lose our senses of humor. We still got to have fun. We 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 gotta we we gotta be that beacon of light. You know, in, in this dark world where everything is taken so seriously, everybody wants to get offended about everything else, and we see that in our Christian circles too, which is really sad and 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 infuriating sometimes. Uh, you know, everybody wants to get offended. We we need to be the ones that that are, are shining that light, saying, hey. It's okay, you know. Come, come, make a joke. I want to hear it. You know, you're not going to offend me. And 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 I, I, th- I think that kind of thing would be really attractive to 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 people right right now because everybody has a sense of humor, no matter how much you want to try to suppress it. Everybody's got at least a little kernel, even if they've been suppressing it for 50 years. Uh, everybody's got one, and I I think that it's a real shame when people uh, e- either either try to lose it completely or try to shove it down and only bring it out when they feel safe to do so. So I, I always try, like on my show, Peck Report, shameless plug, um, <laughs> on Peck Report at dailyrenegade.com, I always try to inject some humor into there. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'd love of comedy movies. Some of my favorite shows are comedies and, and that's most people. So yeah, how to do it. I, I, I think, I think we're just naturally set up to do it. I, I, I think as long as you're not actively trying to suppress it, that's how you do it. Just don't suppress it and it'll, it'll come out. I mean, 
everybody's going to have a different gradation of, of humor and stuff, but just don't, don't let the enemy take your joy from you. Cause that's, that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants you to be offended. The enemy wants you to lose your joy. Don't let them. There's, there's joy in your relationship with Jesus that comes with, I mean, there's a lot of peace and joy that come with that. Uh, you know, truth sets you free, that kind of stuff. So don't lose sight of that. Don't suppress it. Uh, don't be afraid of what somebody might think, you know, be, be weird, be, be funny. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I think we're supposed to be like that anyway. So the, the, be, the best way I know on how to, how to, how to do it is just by not, not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Don't not, not do <laughs> not, not be funny. No, as long as I there's an even number, you're good. <laughs> I think that's a great point too. And you know, it's interesting because, you know, if you're talking about, Oh my gosh, I can't see. There we go. If you're talking about, peace, you know, it kind of connects with peace as well. I don't know, you know, I'm no scientist, but I find it very difficult to not have peace in a moment of humor, you know, even if it's a moment by moment thing, a moment where you're laughing and you, you know, are embracing humor. uh, I don't think it's possible to not have peace in that time, you know, especially if it's, if it's, uh, you know, a true humor, you're not just saying something mean or something to be funny. Yeah. That's uh, not real humor. I mean, that that's, that's basically garbage, lazy, childish kind of stuff, but like true humor is clever. It's thoughtful and it usually expresses love. Like us three, we, we're always ragging on each other, always, you know, ever right. since we all met, you know, we've been ragging on each other. But it, it's because there's there's no it's not it's not it's coming from a place of love, you know, but there are people who could say the same exact things that we might say to, to one another and they can use it. For hate, so like the joke itself, or or like the thing that said itself, it, it it's not intrinsically you know uh, hateful or loving. It, it it's it's really how you feel about somebody that you're that that you're talking to or joking with, and and a lot of times, I mean, you can say things that on the surface would be some of the meanest stuff ever, but really it's not mean because it's from a place of love and you're comfortable enough with that person to be able to joke around with them like that. <clears throat> and you, you know, j- just for a small little, little, and I probably shouldn't say this live, but I'm going to anyway, Gons, I've, I've made fun of your race so much. <laughs> <laughs> you have, that is true. There, there are, there are people that would yeah. do that though in a really mean and spiteful way, but you know, for me, it's not, it's not like that. And he's made fun of mine too. So it's all good. <laughs> but it's it's just because we, we live in this culture where you're not supposed to do that, you know. Uh, but when you have a really close friendship with somebody and you know they're not taking it the wrong way, you know, there, there, there's a level of trust with that kind of thing. And when you when you have a close enough friend where you can do that, well, I mean, I think that that's a, a wonderful thing. And we shouldn't lose sight of that no matter what anybody else thinks about it. Yeah, I got a I'm going to come in with grumpy Gon's view. Yeah, and and I and I I'm, I'm in agreement with both of you guys in terms of not losing your joy. That's probably the most important thing here. If, you know, if you know Christ, you know you know the joy of the Lord. So, um, but but I will point out James There's always a but with James James chapter four. I'm gonna read it to you. It starts at verse seven. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, because of the virus, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and weep. Turn your laughter to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. And then it goes on, brothers, do not slander one another, so, you know. 
do it without slandering one another, but turn your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. <laughs> Grumpy cons. Everybody. Grumpy cons. As I <laughs> laugh, I can't cons. even keep it together That's with good. that. I, I, I just want to say that you, you, there's a time and place for everything. Um, exactly. Obviously, with this passage, it's it's a little bit more of a you know in a serious tone. Um, I think I think it does both in these situations. I think there's a time, especially with everything unfolding, a lot of people they're not sure how to process it or they are kind of scrambling. I think people are coming and finding channels like ours again, listening to podcasts again, because, you know, people want an explanation. They want to just have conversations or hear people have conversations about what's taking place so that they feel like they're informed. And, um, there's a level of fear there that people that I've noticed that people are like, Oh my gosh, it's, this is it freaking out and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's our job to be like, okay, we're not here to, to scare anybody. This is not about the spirit of fear. Um, at the same time. Yes. Oh yes. Getting time. Oh, time. I'm way overdue. Sorry. Wife, oh. wife giving me time signals. Um, okay. Well, that's probably, uh, that probably lines up with where we are on our time too. Yeah. Can you guys see this? One of my eyeballs is droopy. Yeah. Your eyeballs got all droopy. I don't know what oh, happened there. Oh man, it's getting a little <laughs> droopy around here. Um, we got a question on, uh, Facebook from Washington. He says, do we take calls and guns? We've been talking about figuring out how to take calls for yeah, a while. We don't a- currently take calls, but we are looking for a way to do that because that would be very fun to do. That's a whole other um, technology and, that we got to figure out if we're going to do that. Yeah. But, yeah. My gosh, my, my eyeball's falling off here. I, I, yeah, I you just, look totally ridiculous. <laughs> you, looked, you looked presentable earlier, but now, now, now you're I just, just can't oh, take you seriously. How embarrassing. <laughs> Come on, baby. There we go. Okay. Uh, so yeah. All right. Well, so Gons, you're running out of time. So we're going to wrap this up. Josh, um, you, uh, it, let's see. I want to hear a little bit from Josh. First of all, give us all your plugs. Tell us what your, your products, your shows are, your books. You're a very prolific writer and content creator. And then, uh, you also have been flung into, uh, an even sort of more difficult life situation than just the coronavirus. So tell us a little bit about that and how we can help. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So for those of you who, who don't, well, I'll, I'll do the plugs first, but uh, dailyrenegade.com, that's the central hub for everything that I do. Uh, what Daily Renegade is, we, we kept getting banned from YouTube. So me and some other show hosts uh, got together and created a, a platform for us. It's called Daily Renegade. It's dailyrenegade.com. You, right now we have 15 different unique shows uh, from different hosts and things. It's all Christian-based. Uh, it's all in that vein. It's it's, it's fringe Christian stuff. So we have people like Derry, uh, Gary Wayne, uh, myself, uh, a whole bunch of others. Um, but it, it's just different shows from people who've been banned from YouTube. And <laughs> uh, so, you know, Daily Renegade, we control that so we can make sure that nobody's going to get censored. So uh, you can get pure truth there. Um, we have free versions of things, but we also have a membership where you get full access. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year. I suggest getting the 100 a year because then you get two months for free and you don't have to worry about it again until Trump's reelected. Uh, but, you know, the reason we do that is because to run something like that, to house all those videos, it's very expensive and I, I can't afford to do it myself. And that kind of segues into the next thing. Why can't I afford to do it myself? Uh, basically, our, our savings have been pretty drained because uh, our son, Nathan, our, our six-year-old son, Nathan, last year was diagnosed with uh, leukemia. 
And so we've been we've been dealing with we've been dealing with that. He's in remission now, which is which thank God is that's good. But there's a lot of what's called maintenance therapy. He's going to have years of that. That's the thing that's that's pretty expensive. And uh, from time to time, we're able to do that at St. Jude's. When we're at St. Jude, we don't have to pay for his his treatment. We do have to pay for our own housing and and things you know travel things involved with that uh, because we our, our family's too big for them to to take care of. But uh, for the time that we're at St. Jude, which isn't often, but it happens a couple times a year, we don't have to pay for those treatments. But what, when we're back home, uh, that's that's that that's on us. Plus, there's a lot of alternate uh, treatment options that we're we're doing as well. A lot of all natural stuff. I, I should probably not talk about it too much, just on open public things, because who knows what's going to be used, you know, against somebody uh, nowadays. But we have a lot of all natural things that we're doing. But um, he's in remission. Years and years of maintenance therapy. If people want to help with that, they. Can help Nathan. Uh, any donation, uh, actual donation that goes through dailyrenegade.com/slash/donate. Any donation that goes through there goes directly to help Nathan. So none of that goes to, <laughs> you know, us buying mansions or you know I, I don't know what people think but uh, that all goes to to helping Nathan, uh, and it's greatly appreciated because. Like I said, we we have just run our savings into the ground with this whole thing because it's just a very expensive thing. But it's obviously worth it because Nathan's alive, he's doing well, uh, and his uh, his chances of of maintaining that uh, look really good. So he he's he's got something like an eighty percent as long as we're as long as we continue to do what we're doing. Um, He's got like an 80% chance of making it through. So if people are able to help, that's what that goes. That's what that goes towards. The more help we can get, the greater his chances are uh, to to continue to be able to do this and, and make it through. Okay, so um, that that's everything with Nathan, and it's a really rare form of leukemia. As it's a rare form of T cell leukemia. If there's people who have a medical background, maybe that that means something to you. But but if if not. Um, but yeah, so we have that daily renegade, uh, projects I'm working on. I, I just released a book called afterlife, which is all about, you know, what, what, what really happens, you know, uh, when, when, when you die scientifically and, uh, from the Bible, this is not just a normal book on the afterlife. This is not a normal book that you're going to find with clouds on the picture and they're going to give you three mm-hmm. verses from the Bible. And, you know, it's not what you've heard a thousand times before. I mean, we get into actual scientific stuff. Like, like for example, how, how is it that an atheist can have a pleasant near-death experience? What's up with that? You, mm. you know, we, we've talked about that we talk about that in the book. Uh, we 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 go to all the questions that most Christians don't, most Christian leaders, pastors, uh, authors don't want to talk about in their afterlife book. We we hit them all. We talk about the Shroud of Turin uh, extensively in it, because um, talk about like you know an afterlife experience. The, the, the you know the guy literally raised from the dead, and there's an imprint of it. So we uh, we 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 get into all the scientific stuff behind that. Um, we it, it's uh, myself, uh, Donna Howell, and Allie Anderson. Henson. Both of them are Tom Horn's daughters, so I wrote the book with both of them. Uh, and if people go to skywatchtvstore.com right now, it's uh, you can get the book with another book, uh, Encounters, which is all about ange- like angelic visitations, but try, you know, trying to see which things are legitimate and which things are not, because uh, there's a lot of fake stuff out there, too. Uh, and then you get a couple DVDs with it, uh, but that's available. And right now, I'm also working on a very secret project that uh, it, it would... It is not, this is going to sound sensational, but it's not. It's not an over, 
um, estimation. It, it, it's not it, it's not an over sensationalist thing to say that. Uh, well, I don't know if I want to say it that way, but but <laughs> th- this this thing that that I'm I'm working on for later on this year. Um, Many people know there 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 have been be, there have been people involved in the same type of research that have been killed just just taken out. Oh, wow. And uh, it's and the only reason I'm saying that is is not to promote. The, I, I'm I'm genuinely asking for people's prayer. I as far as I know, like I haven't been threatened, but I've also been really keeping this under wraps. So. Not, there's not a lot in the public uh, public information on what what I'm working on right now. Um, really, only a handful of people know about it. Uh, I don't even think you guys know about it. Uh, no. But um, but so the only reason that I bring that up is is because it, it, it's a very serious like very serious topic, and there are some very evil, very serious people in in on the other side of this that if they knew, I they don't it, want it's, people it's to know. As, yeah, it's it's not it's not overstating it to say that that there's some danger involved with it. So, okay. uh, main reason main reason I, is just because I'm asking for people to pray for me, pray for my safety and the safety of my family. We've we've taken <clears throat> some precautions of our own, so we basically turned our home into a fortress just to be on the safe side. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully it might, uh, that that's all precautions that we don't need to take. I hope it proves to be that way. But if anything does come our way, we're prepared for it. So, uh, yeah, we just ask for prayer with that prayer for this, uh, this project. I'm hoping it's going to be released later on this year. Um, if people are members at daily renegade on my, on my show peck report, I've been a little bit more open on the members only parts of it because those are people who are actually paying to be a member. And I think, I think the risk is a little bit lower. Um, um, and, and it would be difficult for like if somebody was like, well, you know, I want to see, you know, I just want to buy a membership now and then look around. They'd have to they'd have to really hunt to find it because even there I don't talk about it very often. But right. um, so I, I, I give a little bit more info there, but probably for this, I'll keep it at that. And mainly mainly just to ask for prayer. But when this thing is released, I want to come back uh, on your show and I want to talk about it uh, in in you know full force. Absolutely. I cannot wait for that. Josh Peck, that is uh, very exciting to hear. We'll all be praying for you. And uh, one you. last one last question. This came from uh, Super Chat, with, uh, came in with five Aussie dollars. Thank you so much. Uh, Luke actually asks, uh, have you heard of Social Cross, which is a Christian social media platform? Yeah, yeah. So we, we are on a, a whole bunch of different um, alternative social media sites. And I believe I've heard of that one. I'm not sure if we're on it now. My my web team, uh, we, we have a web team to take care of all this stuff because 15 shows is a lot. But they're they're actively uh, creating accounts on alternate websites. So we we are on Brighteon and Bitshoot and all those. The, the the only problem with with these social media sites is they have a a very small base, which mm-hmm. you know there there's nothing wrong. It's not like morally wrong or anything, but it's it's hard to it's hard to grow an effort such as uh, Daily Renegade. Uh, it's hard to get the word out on, on really small platforms like that. Right, so we right. do we do do them, but we've also lost. We have just lost a massive stream uh, with with losing YouTube. So we've been banned from YouTube. We don't know how long. We do have a backup channel that we're using, Daily Renegade 2.0. Um, I think it's uh, YouTube.com/slash JPD Weekly or something like. 
like that. Uh, but and we we're, we're we're on a lot of different things, but we t- we did take a massive hit uh, yeah. when when YouTube banned us. So if people are interested, you, you don't there there's free content there, so you don't even have to buy a membership. Uh, you should buy a membership, but you don't have to. There's free content dailyrenegade.com, and then somewhere on there, I believe, and if we don't yet, we will soon. We're gonna have listed all of our social media sites, all the alternative platforms uh, like Brighteon and BitChute and and so- Social Cross and and all of yeah. that stuff. So yeah, heard That's of great. it, love it, love the idea, love that Christians are getting involved with that. Cool. Awesome. Well, Josh Peck, thank you so much, buddy, for coming on the show. It's a real pleasure. And uh, yeah, when all the good secret stuff comes out, we'll have you back on to talk about it. Sounds great. Thanks for having me back on. It's been a great, uh, been been great getting uh, to uh, talk with you guys again. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, buddy. We'll keep in touch. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Josh Peck. Love him. You gotta love him. You just gotta love the guy. And uh, make sure to visit all those links and things. Help out, uh, well, check out the work that Josh is doing and uh, help out their family get through this tough time. And uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Gons, what do you think? I like the conversation. I know I didn't say much for part of it, and uh, but you know I, I let Josh speak his mind, and that's what we do on the show. We let others uh, who may have different opinions or different views to express themselves, and and you know everyone's at a different place. So uh, you know sometimes it's hard to get through uh, some things that you may not agree with, but you know part of being a human being and part of learning and growing is listening to people you disagree with, especially well, politically. Right. So. And especially when they're people that you know and love. Yeah. And we listen to each other like human beings and we love each other uh, no matter what. And that that uh, applies to Josh. He, Josh could do nothing wrong at this point. I just love that guy so much. Um, so make sure to check out the links, check out his work, help out the family, all sorts of things like that. And while you're doing that, folks, I'll remind you, we are strictly a value for value proposition. Yep. If you get value out of what we do, it's then uh, it's your chance to put value back into the system. Uh, we don't do any advertising. We don't believe in selling your attention uh, for our own personal gain. That just doesn't sit right now. Some of you may be like, well, I watch, I listen to it on this network or I'm in this country and there's always ads before it. That's none of that goes to us. We don't get that money. That's just <laughs> platforms yeah. stealing our content and putting advertising in front of it. So just so you know, we don't get any money for the advertisements. If somebody puts it on our show, unfortunately, we're kind of we don't have any control over that. So other people get to make money off of our show. But if you believe that uh, Gons and I. Uh, have added value to your life, you can head over to patreon.com slash canarycryradio. Support the show. Support what we do, especially during this difficult time. You know, we are uh, we are your essential employees. We got nothing else going on, folks. So we are here uh, just trying to, trying to pay the bills, trying to feed the babies, trying to feed the cats, all that kind of stuff. And if you find value in what we do and the work we put into this show, please consider going to Patreon patreon.com slash canary cry radio or you can head to canary cry radio.com slash support canary cry radio.com slash support 
That's right. And there you can uh, find other ways to support us. Um, we got PayPal, we got cryptocurrency, all sorts of fun stuff. And, uh, you know, even if you don't want to sign up for a recurring donation, you can just give a one-time donation there as well. And uh, make sure to catch the live streams because that's what that's that's kind of our thing right now. And you're not going to want to miss it. So uh, most importantly, y- y'all should go to twitch.tv slash Canary Cry Radio. We'll be live streaming three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And man, it is just so fun. You know, we're live streaming all over the Internet. And uh, I got to say, you know, we have a running log of the chats that come in during the show. And if you're looking for a place not just to watch the show, but to have a really fun time interacting with other Canarians, Twitch is the place to be. I mean, there is no comparison. It is the most fun chat. Uh, People have the funniest usernames. It is really what I would hope, uh, you know, a group of Canarians watching the show live um, you know, the, the experience, what that experience would be. So I really recommend people go to twitch.tv slash Canary Cry Radio, join the club, watch the shows live. You're not going to regret it. Yeah. And we, uh, we have some very interesting people that are part of the Twitch chat as well. For the Susan with Jicky from YouTube and Elon Musk, even Elon Musk's hologram. And who else yeah, was in got, there? Uh, Jeff Bezos, right. number one, not the not the clone, not the clone. Jeff Bezos. Uh, we got Baby Yoda drinking soda. Is the user uh, over there? Just on such great just names. Fun, just some fun shout outs for some of the good names over there. Yeah. So uh, make sure to check it out. Um, we're trying to hit some goals over on Twitch. So as many people watching as possible, it is going to start unlocking tools for us, which will l- allow the audience to play jingles and uh, all sorts of fun tools. So we're really hoping we can hit our goals over on Twitch and you can help us do that. Um, if you can't support the show financially, following us on Twitch is a great option. Also, uh, sharing an episode, sending an episode of Canary Cry Radio or Canary Cry News Talk to a friend or a family. Because here's the thing. Everybody's got friends and family who are getting their uh, their info from the regular mainstream stuff and uh, get, getting their eschatology from, uh, you know, the, the Joel Olstein. But here's the thing. <laughs> you got to walk right up to him, grab him by the cage, and you got to shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! Rattle a few cages! Rattle a few cages! The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. So once you uh, get into the the canary cry uh, groove that you should be in, make sure to let other people know. Um, is a great way to support the show, spread the show, and uh, that's that's where we're at today. Uh, another great way to do that is to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you listen to that. Uh, it tells the robots that we're worth it, and uh, the robots tell other people we're worth it, and that's a great way to spread the show and so mm-hmm. i was gonna say nobody uses itunes anymore because it doesn't exist so what? the podcast app the apple podcast app 
which is Bumble, where you can uh, it exists. Yeah, well, it, iTunes still exists. Oh, I don't know. I got iTunes on my computer, oh, not on my phone. I don't. Think, I got the podcast app I, on my I don't, phone. I don't think it exists in the name iTunes anymore. I think it's the music app and the podcast app from Apple. But anyway, you can you can do you, you can leave a rating and a review there, and we do have one from a more recent one from Amazing. Cannot express how impactful this show is. An absolute must listen if you take growing in faith seriously. So thank you for that awesome review, Shovel of Tampa Bay, and uh, <laughs> there are others uh, leaving ratings and reviews there. So yeah, do that. It's going to help us get the show out there, but also. Uh, it's a way to help the algos, at least for now. I don't know. We haven't published anything too specifically scamdemic-y on this feed yet. So, yeah, this uh, this feed's clean. We're good. So there you go, folks. Again, make sure to watch the live streams. And uh, we got a couple more episodes coming out for you that we recorded live. So keep uh, keep stay tuned in because it's going to be great. And make sure to tune in next time to Canary Cry Radio. But until then... Think outside the cage.